Hey everybody! Uh, hi everyone! Uh, this is uh, Sequelize This back for round two. Oh or yeah, episode you guys, two. You guys like that sick sound check we did right at the beginning there. Oh man, I think everyone's gonna love that. Yeah, I'm, just gonna, gonna, I'm gonna leave that in because everyone, I think everyone's gonna like that a lot. Yeah, that's probably a good idea. Just... <laughs> <laughs> hi, my name is Dan Sarnowski, and joining me once again via the magic of the internet is my co-host. Chris Brady, how are you doing, Chris? Hello, hello. I'm doing well. That's good. Now to that hear. I've had some coffee. Good, yeah. Coffee's good. Yeah, we're we're doing this uh, in in the morning time, so you know, you've had some coffee. I downed an energy drink because I am a monster. Um, that's not an advertisement for any specific energy drink brand. Uh, <laughs> I just uh, require a lot of caffeine to get myself going in the morning. Big mood. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but man, this is uh, this is cool. I, I think we, I got a lot of people saying they enjoyed the first episode. Good. Um, yeah, I don't know exactly what our listenership is, but I, I know that I had fun cutting the first episode. So. Yeah, man, it, it's been it's been it's been it's, it's been a good been. time, man. I've had yeah, a lot I of have. fun doing this. Uh, so I hope everyone's having a good time listening imagine, to it. Imagine how much fun it'll be when we can actually do it in person. Phrasing. Oh, I. I uh, I mean, actually, I would rather you just didn't ever. <laughs> oh, I, I'd rather just, you know, like do it myself forever. And yeah, yeah. yeah this is way easier when I don't have to look at your ugly face all the time. <laughs> Fair enough. Woo. All um, right. No, uh, well, we're actually, we're, we're cool, right? Yeah. Oh, we're super cool. <laughs> um, I guess we should just jump into the damn thing. Uh, no, I like how we just immediately went off the rails. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, Dan, we were supposed to make up from last time uh, and uh, rewatch The Godfather Part 2. So, yes. Um, uh, wh- what did you think? That. Uh, so, I, you know how last time I ordered it from Amazon and that had, I had a bad experience that way. So, I decided to try to order it from somewhere else. And I thought, no better place than like an off, because it's you know all about the Italian mafia. I went to like yeah. an Italian website to buy this movie. Um, okay. Because I wanted the authentic, you know, Godfather experience. Uh, yeah. so it showed up, you know, that nobody stole it this time. Not a problem there. I go to put it in my Blu-ray player and it turns out it is region locked for Europe. Awesome. Uh, so <sighs> I, I ordered a, a region free Blu-ray player that's on the way. Uh, but because Sick. of that, I was not able to, uh, watch it this time. Uh, Are you but kidding? I, I, Sorry, dude. I, I wish I was kidding, but you know, I, I'm sure you you watched it, right? Like, we again, we can we can talk about it that way. No, I'm just fucking with you. I actually didn't watch it either. Um, oh, so I remember I told you you don't really have a VHS player here, so yeah. I had to order one. Uh huh. Um, but when they sent it to me, it was a Betamax player, which is like, oh no, not cool. So that's like, beta as fuck. It's <laughs> wow. Some might say that that's super beta. <laughs> so beta. Um. Uh, but you know what I did watch? Uh, no, what did you watch? I watched uh, Star Wars Episode Eight: uh, Revenge of the Money Making Machine. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I actually watched Episode Eight as well because uh, after our uh, Episode Seven discussion, I was like, you know what? I really 
like The Last Jedi. I'm gonna jump into that. Uh, next. Yeah. So I, I I watched that too. So I I guess. All right. So let's let's put the. Sorry, everybody. Again, I really do apologize. We're gonna we're definitely gonna watch The Godfather Part Two for next week's episode. Um, I know everybody has been talking to me about how excited they are for us to to talk about Godfather Part Two. But you know, let's let's just table that again for now, um, and we got to get an episode out for this week, so let, we we could talk about the next step in this the the Star Wars sequel trilogy. It's, it's, I mean, is that okay with you? Fine with me. Yeah. Okay. Well, cool. We both watched it, so yeah. All right. All right. All right. So uh, Last Jedi. Um, this this movie, I I think we're both in the minority about how we feel about it. Yeah, I think uh, I think this is going to be an interesting episode in that I think most people's reviews gave this movie a lot of hate, like yeah. fan reviews. And I don't think you and I are going to, because we're critics now, <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah. I, um, I don't think you and I are going to, I think we're going to give it a little more fair shake than that. Yeah, we're going to shake it really fairly. Uh, but anyway, I, I really like this movie. Um, I remember really liking it when I first saw it. When it came out and it every like I, I've I, I mentioned this I think last time we uh talked about episode seven I I think I rewatch all the Star Wars movies every year just because I'm that much of a Star Wars fan yeah. every, every time I rewatch this movie I just get a greater appreciation for it um, you had you had said something like um like you believe that this movie is the third best Star Wars movie behind um uh, Empire Strikes Back and a new hope. Yeah, yeah, that, that is um, that is exactly how I feel about it. And I'd say I had only watched this movie one time, like in the th- I saw it one time in the theater, and then I rewatched it again for this. And um, you know, I, I gotta say, I think I agree with you. Um, I think as uh, as a a part of the franchise, it, it works better than. Uh, almost every other movie except for the two like cinematic classics. Do you know right, what I mean? Right. Like it, it, it's um, it definitely does a lot more interesting stuff than what we're used to seeing from the franchise. So and it does a really good job. I think tying in the past yeah. the present and like going forward as well. Um, it, I was really, really impressed with it when I saw that in the theater the first time. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I agree. It, it's, um, I wrote a couple notes here, you know, that kind of alluded to that. Like, uh, like Ryan Johnson understands why Star Wars is cool. Yeah, absolutely. So <laughs> before before we get into that, just uh, just up top, I think it's a little, a little bit of housekeeping sort of thing. So yeah, this movie came out in 2017, uh, written and directed by Ryan Johnson. Yes, uh, Ryan Johnson, who had kind of gained some, you know popularity with the movie looper um yeah. i don't know if you'd seen that i really liked looper a lot when i saw it uh, yeah i did too it's um it's it's definitely a unique kind of take on it um and i like the way they kind of if, spoiler for people who haven't seen looper they they kind of explain away the whole time travel yeah. thing with, with like ed you know it doesn't matter whatever right. just you know just pay attention to the story i don't get it either yeah i, I love um, time travel movies in general um and yeah i really just liked how they kind of hand waved away like yeah, sure. they don't have to explain how time travel works it's like doesn't matter. It's just, just whatever, whatever. Like, yeah because yeah. especially because it's coming from the perspective of a hitman who's like yeah i don't need to know how it works i just need to yeah. know how to use it to get you know my job done yeah um, i love that that's good smart writing it's just you know a way to yeah. get Get your audience's questions out of the way with like, don't think too much into it. Just exactly, you know, and then well, um, you know he his previous movie to that was called Brick, 
which yeah. I have not seen, but I've heard very good things about. Um, yeah, I haven't. I haven't seen it either. But yeah, same thing. I've, I've heard that it was a pretty good, pretty good movie. We'll have to sit down and watch that one time. And then of course, last year gained like massive acclaim with Knives Out, uh, yes. which was nominated for an Oscar and like just did super well. So Ryan Johnson, like he's a really great filmmaker, and I was excited to see him take on Star Wars. And once again, I think he delivered in Spades. I do too. Um, yeah, I, I think he did about as good of a job with the source material he was given as he could have. Yeah. Um, I like, and I told you last night. You know, I don't think this is a perfect movie by any stretch, but I, I do think. How did I word it? it? It something like it's three measures more interesting than its predecessor, and uh, forty like forty-seven or forty-eight times better than its successor. Right. Right. Um, which we're I'm sure we'll get to. Um, yeah, at some but, point we got to get the. I, I absolutely like it, without any excuses. Next time we have to watch the Godfather yeah, Part Two. No, for for real. But um, <laughs> we will get to uh, Rise of Skywalker. I'm sure eventually. Yeah, um, but but uh, yeah, I mean, he did. I think he did about as good of a job. I think as you could do with the source material, which is uh, fascinating because uh, this movie got fucking banned by the audience. Yeah. Well, the thing is, uh, so we talked last time about how uh, the force awakens was played everything really safely, you know, yeah, a lot of things sure. back to status quo, um, a lot hit a lot of the same story beats as the original movies. It was just a, a safe re-entry back into the star Wars universe. Uh, and this movie did almost everything differently. <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah, it, it was about as unsafe as you could be, I think. Yeah, and and I I kind of really appreciate that just as an audience member as someone who likes, you know, analyzing movies. I really appreciated that as well because Me too, yeah. If, if you you can't just keep going and seeing the same movie over and over sure. again, they have to do something different. And not sure. that there not that there aren't like good examples of being able to do the same thing over again, but you know, I was I really appreciated how they they definitely took things in a different direction, um, and you know, just just to that point, this this movie did a lot of things that had never been done in Star Wars before. It does it actually does a lot of things that, or it takes a lot of uh, common Star Wars tropes and kind of spins them the other direction. Yeah. Um and I just I really again I just really liked this movie overall. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I agree. It, it's a, it's a, it's, it's risky, you know, for sure. Obviously. Oh yeah. Um, you know, when you're when you're dealing with something as beloved as Star Wars and as as ingrained in American pop culture as Star Wars, but like, I think that the thing he was trying to accomplish was to kind of get rid of some of that stagnation because the fran- it, like it had become. I think to a lot of us, it, like stagnant, like it's done. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Right, um, right. So, so it, you know, it was a really good go of it at trying to reinvent it and make it fresh and make it new and make it interesting again. And like, you know, like you said, as someone who who likes analyzing movies, as someone who's uh, would consider as someone who refers to movies as cinema, yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, I I really I really liked it. I appreciated it. I thought it was a nice. I thought it was a complex enough story, and I thought there was enough complex character details going on there that it, it was refreshing and new and i think he uh set up a, a crescendo for the the movie that would come after it um Oof. yeah uh, 
that uh and we'll talk about that i'm you know like i said we'll definitely yeah. talk about that but it, you know he, i think he set up a crescendo that i was ex- genuinely excited to see by the end of this movie so yeah i i definitely feel the same way about it um i really liked how he took some of the the, the common aspects of star wars and kind of turned them on its head like i mentioned before yeah. um this is the only Star Wars uh, saga movie uh, where you don't hear a character say the phrase, I've got a bad feeling about this. Yeah. Uh, which is great. Uh, which Ryan Johnson later revealed that uh, BB-8, when they're pulling up to the uh, like the start of the story at the beginning, he, mm-hmm. Ryan Johnson later revealed that what BB-8's beeping at Poe Dameron is, I've got a bad feeling about this. Which is a fun <laughs> way to include that line in the movie without actually including it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's the only Star Wars saga movie where you don't see lightsabers clash with each other. Yes. Uh, there are lightsaber, there's lightsaber action in the movie, but it's not, there's no lightsaber fight, which is really, really fun. Right. Um, I think for, for me as, as someone who likes Star Wars a lot. So, yeah, yeah, totally, totally unnecessary. That's the other thing is, um, I don't think George Lucas <laughs> in directing the prequels understood why lightsabers were cool. Yeah, um, maybe not. Um, although, <laughs> it's it's something that I feel like got worse with every prequel movie is just as yeah. far as the unnecessary action for the lightsaber fights. But um, yeah, I guess we just kind of go into a little bit uh, as far as like maybe what, what really stood out to us as being good in this movie. Um, uh, you kind of, I think you kind of wanted to go first with that, right? Sure. I mean, uh, so I, I actually just broke my notes down into the three acts of the movie. Okay. Um, so I uh, I, I kind of like I, Act One is is everything from the intro like the you know the the bombing mission at the beginning up up until basically Ray starts getting trained um, and then Act Three starts. Um, you mean Act Two? Uh, yeah, Act No uh, Act Two starts with with uh, um, you know Luke agreeing to train Ray and then Act Three starts with. Uh, you know, like the the big crescendo, the the you know space space uh, launch at the end, and Ray going to the the star destroyer, and you know that whole thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, like just at the uh, onset of the movie, I wrote a couple notes at the beginning. Um, it starts with things I don't like, actually, which is which is pretty pretty strange for a movie that I ended up really liking. By yeah, the the, uh, the your mama joke at the beginning. Yeah, they, it's, <laughs> they they leaned um, they leaned a little heavy, I think, on the humor here. And I will uh, say it, that I think that's that might be the only humorous moment in the the movie that I felt like didn't work for me. Yeah, maybe because it was just a little too jarring um, to be the very very beginning of the movie. Um, I think the, he kind of sprinkled. There's 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 I think there's too many of them. It's okay to have some comic relief sprinkled throughout, but there's like. Yeah, that, like, that was definitely one of the most fair criticisms of this movie that I, I heard when it came out. Um, I think that that was probably heavily influenced by the the Marvel movies as well. Sure. Um, those movies really, I think, do an excellent job overall of balancing humor and action. Yeah. Um, and while some maybe uh, fall a little bit too much into the humorous aspect, um, I, I think that it really fits that Marvel universe really well. And I, I think that we hadn't seen a Star Wars movie. While Star Wars movies have had humorous elements in the past, we haven't seen a Star Wars movie maybe lean this far into uh, humor before, and it was a little bit jarring. Again, especially at the very outset of the movie, you like right. start the movie with a joke, which 
you know, I, I, I think that's really the, the, the biggest fault of this movie overall. But immediately after, you get one of the, the best, like, I think, action scenes of the whole series. Yeah, it's um, really good. Um, the, the bombing sequence is, I, like, I got chills when I watched it in the theater. Um, I think it has one of the, the most emotional, impactful shots and scenes in, again, the whole series. Where yeah. uh, that that one bombing bomber pilot is like desperately trying to, trying to get that that bay door open to drop those bombs there, yeah. And she's like grasping onto the necklace. There's no dialogue. It there's barely any audio, and it conveys all the emotion you need. And again, like when I first saw that movie, that scene got me like. Whatever happened before that with the stupid humorous, humorous, humorous elements. You forget about it, yeah. Yeah, and I was like immediately like caught up in this character we'd never met before. Um, and they do a really great job tying that in later. Sorry, I didn't mean to like jump all over that, but I just no, remember no, like, okay. that that scene was is so well done and does a great job of setting the stage for the rest of the movie. Yeah, I, 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 like the the things that I wrote here that I that I nitpicked over are, are really small in comparison to the intro because I think at least at the outset of the movie, it's paced uh, incredibly well. Like the first yeah. act is perfectly, perfectly timed all the way through. Uh, and that does change a little bit the farther we get into the movie, but right. like act, act one is beat for beat, like by the book, I think perfect as far as pacing. I, I, there's a couple things I don't like. I think general Hux is still very not intimidating. Um, well, again, you know, I think they kind of realized that in the first movie and yeah. they try to play up, that a little bit in this one. Sure. Uh, one one note that I did make is like, so this movie takes place minutes after uh, the Force Awakens ends. Yes, um, and yet in that short amount of time, General Hux was able to grow his eyebrows out to an extreme level. <laughs> I don't know if that's. Just, I don't know if you know that either. His, <laughs> eye, his eyebrows are insane in this movie. Yeah, they're just going. They're just fucking serious. <laughs> so it's like. It makes me really wonder what happened in between the end of uh, Force Awakens, the beginning of this movie. Like, did he he's stick got his, fourth eyebrows? Yeah, did he like stick his finger in a light socket or something? Like, I don't know what <laughs> what the hell's going on with those eyebrows, but uh, uh, yeah, it's definitely stood out to me. And I think it again, it's designed to to kind of make him less intimidating, even though he thinks he's intimidating. Yeah, um, to play that aspect up a little bit. But yeah, no, I totally agree with you on on that one. Um, and then once again, I think they were trying to play up that, that level a little bit more in this one. Yeah. Captain, I'm a bad guy. He's, you know, <laughs> he's so hokey. And then, you know, he's kind of just this wimpy dude. Right. Right. Um, which is okay. I, I think, I think it's okay. It's just, you know, not my cup of tea. I think he's, you know, I mean, I'm used to like the grand Moff Tarkin kind of, you know, stern stormtroopery bad guy, you know, no emotion. Yeah, and they, um, they kind of like in the in the Force Awakens, he's really intense and really uh, focused, and like always kind of like I I, I think we that's one thing, aspect we didn't talk about when we talked about uh, the Force Awakens. I think is is his rivalry with Kylo Ren, which they really yeah. play up in this movie, and I think it's yes. really fun, like brotherly uh, rivalry, which is yeah. I think is really fun. Um, but I, I think it, yeah, I think it has a lot to do with the fact that you know Domhnall Gleeson. I like him a lot in a, in a lot of movies, but he's not the most intimidating figure. No, <laughs> you know, he's he's, not. he's a skinny, like pale, you know, redhead guy. 
um there's a reason why he does a lot of like rom-coms and stuff because sure. he's just you know but he he's great i think he's a great actor but i yeah i, I agree i, I, I agree. don't think that a lot of people bought him as being intimidating it's um, not a it's not a critique on the on the actor i think he did a fine job with the yeah. material that he was given i i think it's just the way that they tried to and i think it, it it speaks less to this movie and more to how he was set up in in the force awakens you right know? right um you know because i think they did what they could with the character and i think he did just fine with the with the material he was given um but yeah he just he doesn't come across as intimidating and they and they do play it up uh, oh yeah you know? here for sure to to kind of like be like hey we know <laughs> you know what i mean exactly I, I, again I, I just said that just to say that i think that's the reason behind uh yeah. that that kind of humorous interaction at the beginning there is like yeah it's kind of like a wink and nod like yeah we get it he's not really that intimidating and and poe knows this as, as well as the audience does right right um yeah i but you know to go along with the humor we get that like your mama joke <laughs> right <laughs> And it's kind of it's a groaner for sure, and it oh, does yeah. it, you know, it does go away as, as fast as it kind of starts. But there's at least ten distinct examples of of like comic relief in this movie that are like that. And I don't know how you feel about it, but to me, they just felt like super shoehorned in. Um, and the, and those I think are the parts that really took me out more than anything. Um. Because aside from that, I, I'm I'm there with this movie basically most of the way, um, but uh, yeah, there's just there's just a few like all the porg stuff kind of just gets a little gratuitous, and I, I think that was more Disney than that was Ryan Johnson. Well, you know, um, I, I, I think once again after watching it again, I I kind of laughed at a lot of the porg stuff. I, I did in the theater too. Um, man, the the one scene with with Chewie like. Uh, cooking the one porg over the fire and like the that pictures. might be the that might be the one that works for oh me. Oh my god, that's <laughs> so funny. <laughs> that that works so well to me. Um, yeah. And just the way that they're like they're just slowly taking over the Millennium Falcon. It's a I think it's very subtle throughout most of the movie. Again, like at the last the, like the last act when they're like on the Millennium Falcon with Chewie. I think I could see why some people wouldn't like that. Um, yeah. But I think it it does a pretty good job of adding a little bit of levity into the more tense moments of the film. Um, And yeah, like, yeah, the Porgs, they were designed to be cute toy collectible things, just like the Ewoks were just like, you know, um, trying to think of another example, but yeah, it's, it's, it's that same sort of marketing ploy, but you know, I, I think they're kind of fun. I don't think they're overdone in this movie. And the times they show up, I think are kind of funny, but I don't think, I don't think they're overdone. I just think that like, again, I I think it's just mostly because there's other examples of just an overabundance of, you know, like, Hey, laugh at this. Um, Did you, uh, do you, do you actually know the reasoning behind uh, them coming up with the porgs for this movie? uh, I don't, but I'm assuming it has something to do with them trying to like make tribbles for star Wars. I'm sure that was some part of it, but one of the biggest reasons for this was the island they were shooting at for uh, the training scenes um, was so overrun with puffins that <laughs> it would have been harder for them to edit them completely out of the film. So instead, they changed them into the porgs. Really? And then just decided to work them into the movie as well. So yeah, like the, the island they were shooting at had so many puffins on it that it was just becoming a problem. And they're like, all right, well, what, what's the, how can we get around this? Or like, let's, let's change them into something that looks more star Wars. 
uh, and then you know they were fucking adorable. So I'm sure they just decided to keep working them in the movie a little bit more. But yeah, that's that's the. All right, that's forgiving. The, the that's forgivable. That's like the filmmaking reason why they exist. But I'm sure once Disney saw like the model for the the pork, they're like, "Ooh, we need to get those in the movie as much as possible." So, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that that's the kind of the fun reason why the the porgs exist. Well, let's get into the um, let's get into the island thing here because it, it cuts pretty much straight from that bombing run to you know, like you said, right where we left off with uh, Ray and Luke at the end of. Uh, uh, Oh my God! Force Awakens. Sorry, yeah, <laughs> completely Star Wars blank there. Um, I think that leads me to another like humorous moment that doesn't quite work for me. It's when yeah. he kind of like tosses a lightsaber over his shoulder. Yeah. Um. Which, you know, I I don't know if this is. It, it might just be an editing thing that it doesn't really land for me. Um. I kind of understand the character reason why he would do that, but it is it was kind of funny the first time I saw it. Cause I think everyone was like, I, I think the first time you see it, 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 like it works the best because everyone is yeah. expecting him to say something impactful and profound and, and be right. the wise Jedi master Luke Skywalker. And he just like, it's like, nah, I don't really want this. And he just tosses it. Yeah. Um, and, and that's actually one of the things I think that works the most for me. And I find the most interesting is that uh, Luke's character is, I, I like, I like Luke being, over it all. <laughs> yes. Okay. So I, I, this is this is one of the areas where we agree with that most other Star Wars fans I've talked to totally disagree with it. Yeah. Uh, so I, I don't know if you wanted to like just dive right into the Luke Skywalker thing. Sure. But it is Ooh. it's definitely one of the reasons why I like this movie so much as as much as I do. And again, it's one of the biggest points of contention for most Star Wars fans that I've talked to. Uh, so once again, I think that a lot of people were expecting Luke Skywalker in this movie to be this super badass, like, I'm just going to strap up and go right at the first order with my lightsaber and fuck shit up. But the, he doesn't, I think Ryan Johnson does an excellent job of answering the question of why Luke isolated himself on this island. Yeah. Um, and there's a couple really cool visual moments before he actually talks about it. Um, you see his X-Wing under the water and right. like in the island. And I think the first time I saw this movie, I, I might've thought that he crashed it there, but the more I thought about it, like he's too good of a pilot to have just crashed his X-Wing. Right. Uh, knowing where he was going at least. So he, he most likely purposely put it down there. Cause he's like, no, I'm done with it. Um, I'm going to be on this island to die and I'm not going to go anywhere. So I don't need this X-Wing and I don't need the temptation of having this X-Wing here so I can possibly leave. So I'm just going to dump it in this ocean. Um, and like, you, you know, you actually kind of see that a little bit too because the door to his his like hut is actually a piece of the X-Wing's wing. Yeah, right. Uh, right. So Good again, catch. like a purposeful idea of you know, I don't need this anymore. So I'm going to use the parts that I need to, you know, make a home for myself here, but I'm not going to use the X-Wing, you know, going forward. Um, you know, the way he kind of like folds up his Jedi robes and, and it's really funny. So like, again, at the end of the force awakens, he's wearing those really like, you know, bright Jedi robes, like classic Jedi look that you're used to seeing from, uh, right. Obi-Wan Kenobi in the original trilogy and then obviously in the prequels as well um, and then he kind of immediately changes out of that into this like 
hobo like like guard rough yeah 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 so he immediately discards this this jedi you know insignia for something that is just like i don't want anything to do with it um and i found that really interesting to me because you can see before he says it just how over that he is um and once again, it does a great job of answering the question of like, why is he here? Like, why would he abandon everything to go to this isolated right. island? And again, I, I think a lot of Star Wars fans were expecting him just to like jump right back into it and, and yeah. you know do stuff. But, I but think this is like in storyline, like this yes. is the most logical reason. It, doesn't, yes. it wouldn't make sense that he would like, why would he leave in the first place if he was just going to, you know. Like look for an excuse to come back. Yeah, and I think that that's that's why it works so well for me um, as a continuation of the previous story. And like a, a lot of people are like, man, it's, it's so out of character for Luke to just turn up and run, but it really isn't. If you look back at his no. character from the other movies, um, he kind of had this hero thing hoisted upon him, um, and he did what he could with it, but. Ultimately, he's just a, a whiny kid from Tatooine, you know. It's right, just, exactly. Yeah, and, he's just a and, farm boy. Yeah, and he was he was barely trained as a Jedi. Like he got, you know, he was training with Yoda on Dagobah, and uh, he went off to fight Darth Vader, and he never really came back until Yoda was dead. So he he didn't really get much training as a Jedi. Um, so most of his Jedi knowledge comes from these artifacts and things like that he picks up in between. Right. Uh, you know, Return of the Jedi and this. And so when you're, I'm sure, again, they don't really explain this too much in the movie per se, but I'm sure he's looking through these Jedi artifacts and Jedi texts and seeing how, you know, important the Jedi were in the Old Republic and being like, having to take on this responsibility. And he, he definitely talks about it as well. as like, he's the, the legendary Luke Skywalker. He's the great right. Luke Skywalker. Like everyone's kind of built this up for him. And when he fails, like it, it totally crushes him, and right. it's it's so real to me. Like I can definitely see how you know, a real person would be affected like that that way. Right. Um, I there's think a line. Really nail that. There's a line he says somewhere in the second act. It's it's, it's after um after he agrees to to he says I'll give you three lessons. He tells Ray I'll give you three lessons, and it's it's after the first lesson when he has her sit on the rock and feel the force around her. Um, he says something like, uh, to say that if the Jedi die, the light dies is vanity. Can you, yeah. can't you see that? Uh, like there's some great, like there's some great, like, you know, crazy sport space wizard force lines in this movie. <laughs> well, um, it goes back to what you said earlier about how Ryan Johnson understands star Wars. So well, yes, yes. He does such um, a great job of, of kind of capturing the idea of, what Star Wars is actually about. It's not about good versus evil necessarily. It kind of gets into the minutiae of it. I really like that about this movie. Um, yeah. That scene is so great though uh, as well. Cause it, it really does a great job of kind of like turning what a lot of people think the force is on its head. Cause, cause right. Ray, like she, she does, they, he does a great job writing Ray in the scene where yeah. she is the audience. That's like with all intents and purposes. Yeah. Uh, Luke asks her what she thinks the force is. And she's like, well, it's a power the Jedi have so they can uh, read people's minds and lift rocks and stuff. And he's like, wow, (laughs) literally everything you said in that sentence is wrong. Yeah. Right. And I, I just love that moment so much because yeah, as a star Wars fan, it's it who kind of like, I don't know, knows a lot about the, the fiction. Um, 
it's exactly that. It's like it, it and they kind of obviously they set this up even as far as uh, a new hope. Like Obi Wan tells Luke, it's like it it's an energy field that brings all living things together. Um, right. It's not a power you have. And... Not a power. Same with same with Yoda. Like all of the, all of the all of Yoda's teachings in Empire are. You know, they're they're not about like you have. It's your power to battle. It's you know, it's about how everything is interconnected. Yeah. Um, yeah. So and it, we we went through all the prequels and then up through, you know, Force Awakens uh, without like hearing that again. You know, it, right. it had been so long since we got reminded of of, you know, what this thing really is. That it, you know, I think maybe it was lost on a lot of people when we when we were reminded of it exactly. again. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I think that this does such a great, great job of of bringing that up, because yeah, it, it's it's exactly that. It's it's people kind of got the impression that the force was a power because we'd seen how the force was used in the prequels most recently. Yes, um, and people just like flying around and throwing shit and stupid, like, dumb, sh- all dumb kinds of crazy shit. flips and stuff. Um, and again, it also kind of goes back to the the dark side and their their desire for more power um yeah. and how that can can corrupt those individuals to doing like going completely off the off the edge and the 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 real idea of the force is just you know it's it's not just for the jedi it's you know anybody can for everybody yeah. yes um, um you brought up the prequels and how you know everybody turns into uh crazy Shaolin monks <laughs> um, during the prequels. Uh, and th- I think that's a really good point to talk about uh, w- everything that the, the prequels did to damage the character of Yoda. I think this movie corrected. Oh yeah. Um, um, not to jump ahead, you know, but yeah, the, the scene with Yoda is fantastic. Yeah. Um, you know, and we'll, we'll get there, but it, it just, uh, I, I thought it was, I thought it was really well done. Um, and moreover, there's 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 great Jedi stuff in this. Like Luke is Luke is great. Mark Hamill's really good in yeah. just about everything he puts his name to. Um, but I think Luke is written really interesting in this movie, and I think Mark Hamill plays him really well in this movie. And I I like his character. And logically, again, logically, it makes sense with the story. I you know I I, I kind of like uh, don't understand why audiences like refused to get it like they just didn't understand it um, right now going back going back to that scene where he's like telling ray about the force um i i think that's one of the best scenes in the movie as well and how i mean not because i do like how it opens with the humor where it's like you know everything you said, said in that sentence is wrong and then he tells her to reach out and she just like reaches her hand out yeah uh, right i think that works really well um yeah that was actually the, and then he like slaps it with the leaf and that's that's really funny um but then, like following that up with, you know, how kind of again giving a really, a really good ex- like explanation of like what the force is and, and how she can like feel the, you know, the force in in the the leaves and the grass and and the the way the ocean's crashing up against the the side of the um, the rocks and and all that stuff. It's like it does such a good job of explaining like, okay, this is what the force is, you know, to the people yeah. that you know, may have not heard of that heard, thought of it that way before. And then it also does a really great job of explaining once again, why Luke is where he is. He's, he's locked himself away from the force. She says, you know, when she was, she was doing that, she got nothing from him. She didn't even see him. Um, Mm -hmm. 
And it's just like that part is like so, so cool in explaining how he has blocked himself away from the force. And then he goes on a little bit later to explain why. And, it, and it's how, once again, doing this this research into the old Jedi Order, how he's kind of discovered that like, you know, the Jedi are the reason why we're, they're in the, the mess they are now, basically. Right. You know, they allowed Palpatine to take over and rise to power. They they were completely oblivious to it because they were so self-focused on themselves. Right. And then, you know, obviously creating Darth Vader because of that. And then that led to everything that happened since. Um, yeah. So once again, that's a great way of like bringing in the old with the new. Um, but yeah, it's I, I just, yeah, once again, Mark Hamill does a great job. Which is really interesting because he famously hated the portrayal of Luke in this film. Yes, uh, I was. That was something. I'm glad you brought that up because that's something like, like in the behind the scenes stuff. Um, this is like the last real behind the scenes we get out of any Star Wars yeah. movie. Um, you know, before you know, like the the Force Awakens gets Disney fied, and it's even worse if you watch any of the behind the scenes stuff for. Uh, the rise of Skywalker, like it's just so. There's no negative opinion <laughs> about <laughs> anything anywhere, but yeah, like Mark Hamill did not, um, did not really like the way that Luke was portrayed in this, um, which I, you know, you know, I, I understand, um, and and part of me says, you know, he would understand that character better than anybody, um, so maybe he has a point. But I, I I don't necessarily agree with him here. I, I think I think uh, you know, as a fan of film, it, it's interesting to see a new take on this, and I think it makes total sense uh, yeah, chronologically. Definitely. We keep going back to that, but like that that is that is at the heart of it. Is like it, for for all the 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 shit that this movie got from so many people. You know, it would seem stupid if they if they did it really any other way. If you just jump right back into it, right? That would be dumb. That would like, why did you leave in the first place? Yeah, I, I, I exactly how I feel about it too. Um, and that's why I, I it's one of the reasons why I like the the characters so much in this movie is they, yeah, they just do such a great job, and it, it's not handled sloppily either. Like, there's a, I think no. there's there's a probably a wrong way to do this as well, but I think they just did it so well that. It makes it made sense to me, um, and not to say that they couldn't have done the other way well as well, but I, I think that they do such a good job of explaining why he's like this in this movie. Yeah, that it definitely made sense to me, and I was right on board with it as soon as it happened. Because um, yeah. I will say, like once when he like kind of carelessly tossed the lightsaber away at the beginning of the movie, the first time I saw it, I'm like, okay, that's not what I expected at all. Uh, but instead of anger, I was curious. <laughs> you know, I wanted yes. to see where they went with it. I wasn't like immediately outraged and like stormed out of the theater. I was like, yeah, right. I want to see where they go with this. And then they did a really great job of explaining everything. Um, I think we, you know, we forgot to mention the, uh, the montage of Luke's day to day on the Island. Yes. Um, I was going to say, there, uh, I wanted to say, say there's some great images there that I like. like yeah. It's just fantastic. Uh, fishing. The, oh my God. The, yeah. The, the fishing is great. Cause like, <laughs> <laughs> the, the look he gives Ray, because uh, he like he does the the pole vaulting thing into the the ocean and like goes the other side of the cliff so he can he can hunt for the fish, uh, and and Ray's like watch out and he just like he gives us this look back like bitch please like I've done this a yeah, million right. times like, <laughs> who do you think you're talking to, right. um, which is just so good uh, and then 
<laughs> you, you you brought up like the folding of the Jedi robes. I love the yeah. I, I love the weird alien boob milk thing. Yep. <laughs> um, Which a so, lot of people like. I, again, a lot of Star Wars fans I talked to were like, "Man, that completely ruined the movie for me." I'm like, oh, "Get out of here!" I love it's like that. a two second scene. It's really funny because uh, he <laughs> takes like a big swig of it and he's like, "Oh yeah, that's <laughs> the stuff." <laughs> and, like the way that yeah. like Ray can't even look the the creature in the eye. It's it's funny. It's like really well done. Yeah, I, I love it. I thought that was great. I, it like doesn't doesn't ruin anything for me at all. No, um, definitely not. Uh, that's just so weird that that's where so many people <laughs> hang their hat on. Like that's what ruined that's, that's ruined Star Wars for yeah, you. Yeah, it's it's so that 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 gets me like so confused. Like, what? How does that ruin it for you? Like, yeah, I, I thought it was fine. It's fine. Yeah. I liked it a lot. I liked it, I liked <laughs> swinging over the rocks. You know, there's lots of really cool uh, imagery there. Definitely. Uh, um, well, I think we we talked Luke up enough here. Um, yeah, obviously, there's more to talk about with that. But um, oh, sure, yeah, we're, we'll and we'll get there um, for sure. But I want to like in Act One. There's a couple more things I wanted to say here. Uh, yeah, Andy right. Circus still fucking killing it as yeah, snow, dude. Um, and then you know, obviously, despite what happens to him at the end of this movie, which again we'll talk about when we get there, um, he's really good. Andy Circus is good in everything he's in. Yeah. He's, he's got at least one Academy Award at this point, right? Like, the, the dude... He does not, actually. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? Uh, I can double-check he... that real fast, but I am I am almost certain he does not have an Academy Award. Are you telling me Caesar does not have an Academy Award? So, this is a very big debate amongst, uh, you know, critics and things like that, whether motion capture and that sort of performance should be uh, considered for an Academy Award. I think it definitely should. Absolutely. But it, it seems like the overwhelmingly... Uh, it seems like most Academy members disagree on that. But let me just double check. I don't think he has um, an Academy Award. But, uh, let me double check. but he's, I mean, he's so good. Oh, yeah. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> like, you can't think about like uh, the iconic characters. I'm sorry. We're going to get off on a stupid tangent here. Oh, but, yeah. We're going to get know. off. Uh, you know, Gollum, uh, Caesar, uh, you know, uh, Snoke. I mean, he's just he's he's so good in everything he does. Yeah, zero Academy Award nominations. He has one Golden Globe nomination for an, a film I've never heard of. Um, wow. Oh, it's not a film. It was, he was in a, a miniseries. Uh, oh, he's he's gonna be Alfred in Batman, apparently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, we, we say that now, but yeah, right. have a track record for making good movies. Yeah. Um, yeah, so the, the, that scene where he's in the uh, throne room with with um, Kylo Ren. Yeah, we see him like actually see him for the first time. He's got those pimp gold robes on. Kind of like kind of kind of like the opposite of uh, Emperor Palpatine that way. Like he's not wearing black robes. He's got these like really nice like ornate uh, gold robes on, which is totally different. Yeah. Um, and then like he tells Kylo to take the mask off because he's like no longer worthy to wear it, which is really awesome. Yeah, take that ridiculous thing off. I think is what he says. Yeah, I think they they also kind of uh, play up the voice effects of the the helmet as well in that scene to yeah. kind of exaggerate a little bit more as well, which I think that worked really well. And then that just kind of sets him off on a rage and he just smashes it against the the wall, which is really great. Again, yeah. Adam Driver, outstanding actor and everything he's in, but yeah, he does such a great job conveying the emotion of kylo ren in these movies i think i said in the first the first review we did for uh force awakens i loved his first temper tantrum i didn't yeah. like the second one as yeah, much in said, the movie that's what you said yeah 
Um, I like this one. <laughs> the, it makes it makes sense because it, it, it like it feels more like that first one from Force Awakens. He's just he's he's pissed. He, you can tell that he's somebody who's young and doesn't have full control over his emotions, but he's still dangerous. When yeah. he, you know what I mean? Um, and it can it conveys it really really well. I think. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, getting back to Andy Serkis, he just he absolutely, absolutely crushes it. And he's not in this movie a ton, right? But he, the parts that he's in, he just fucking steals the show, man. I think he does a great job. Yeah, he does that in almost every movie he's in. By the way, oh sure, I, like I'm, uh, and hopefully this is something that we'll get to talk about on the show at some point. But I'm a huge, huge fan of the Planet of the Apes reboot. Yeah, I've never um, seen him. I've only heard good things, but I've never yeah, actually true. seen him. They're really good, and he's the, the, you know the best part of an already really good movie. Yeah, we'll, um, we'll, let's, we should put that on the list uh, for yeah. for the future. Yeah, I think we should. I would love that. I would love to go through and watch those again. Um, but yeah, it's uh, you know I think he kind of nails that, uh, and I think when you know when we get into the the final act of the movie, um, <laughs> you know I don't know. We'll, we'll get there when we get there, Definitely, but. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so lead, leading right after that, it goes right into the you know that that kind of leads into so the the first order followed the resistance through hyperspace, uh, yeah. which is something that I, I do also want to touch on as well. Um, one cool thing that I that is is really fun about this sequel trilogy, and actually every movie that um, Lucasfilm has made since Disney acquired them, they do something different with hyperspace in every movie that we haven't seen before. Um, oh. Yeah, so in in The Force Awakens, they launch out of hyper, like they launch directly into hyperspace out of the um, the Millennium Falcon does this in in the middle like right right out out of the uh, docking bay of that ship they're in. Yeah, um, and then they also enter a planet at light speed, uh, which has never been done before. Um, in this movie, they do well. Well, they do the lights, the hyperspace tracking. And then we'll get to the other thing that you did really cool with hyperspace later. Oh, uh, yeah. Is, obviously, if you've seen the movie, you know what I'm talking about. Um, yeah. And then really bad they do, like, as, as much as I, you know, we can talk about the Rise of Skywalker later. They do some cool stuff with Lightspeed in that one. Um, they do interesting things with Lightspeed in Solo, a Star Wars story. I can't remember what they do different with it in Rogue One, but I remember there is something they do different with that one. So, yeah, it's really fun that they're they're kind of finding new ways to expand the science fiction part of uh, Star Wars with mm-hmm. the the way they're using hyperspace. Um, yeah, I guess I never picked up on that before, but you're right. There is, yeah. you know, um, this one I think maybe has my favorite. Oh, 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 <laughs> I think, oh, yeah, oh. I think a lot of people uh, would agree with you there as well. But yeah, it's they really do the, cool. the hyperspace tracking, so they, they follow the resistance through hyperspace to their through, to their destination. Um, and so, you know, Kylo Ren immediately gets into his TIE fighter and goes on the attack of the command ship. Um, which kind of leads to the, the the main plot element of the movie, which is the Resistance trying to slowly outrun the First Order um, yes. through this. Very slowly. Which is a really, Very. like, again, <laughs> a really uh, surprising way of creating this tension. Um, and it's, again, something that we've never seen in Star Wars before. Uh it's 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 such a weird way to, to set up the conflict, but it it works really well. I think. Um, I think I think it works. I think it works, but I'm of the opinion that it would work better if if they 
they paced Act Two a little bit better. Yeah, um, no, I, I understand what you mean, and and we'll definitely get into that in a little bit here. But yeah, so essentially, uh, Kylo Ren gets into his side fighter. He goes and attacks the main command ship, and then we get the scene that I've also heard a lot of Star Wars fans complain about as well. Uh, so Kylo Ren. I, goes to like blow up the bridge of the command ship which leia mm. is on he senses leia is there because that's his mom and right takes he, his finger off yeah he the... takes the finger off the trigger and then the two tie fighters that are flanking him attack and blow up the the bridge so um, let me say here before we go any further i think the leia and kylo moment is really good oh yeah yeah um, it, it, again really, really good. It's, it's super subtle like it's it's no dialogue right. like they could have like cheesed it up with like ben sure. Mom. Yeah, right. Exactly. They could have done like really like over the top like that, but it, it's it's super subtle. There's no dialogue. It's just the 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 camera shifting to each character's reactions. You know, Leia senses him there. She's uh, he senses Leia there, and it's just super subtle. Um, I think you know to that point, Carrie Fisher, not the best actress in the world. Uh, no. <laughs> Sorry, not to defame the dead or anything like that. I know, I know. Um, but she's not no, the best they, actress in the world. She does a, a you know a good job in this movie. I, I think mm-hmm. for that definitely handles the character really well, and, and they give her character a lot to do in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I think well. she does a pretty great job as Leia in general. Yeah, just in, yeah. in all of the movies, they're all you know. Oh, I think she's uh, way better in the original trilogy. Uh, she has a lot more fire. Uh, but, yeah, uh, yeah. It, it's and and the Force Awakens and this one she's just she's she's good still but um yeah it's it's not <laughs> like i don't know it's kind of hard for me to to tear apart an actor's performance when they're no longer with us especially sure. recently. No, it's a fair assessment yeah it's, it's a fair assessment but you she's, know, she's good not... at it yeah she's good at it. And, and, and that subtle performance i think is maybe the best moment for her in the whole movie yeah i agree um, i agree and then it's followed by <laughs> The the maybe and, and I know you feel a little differently than I do, but I, it's followed by the, the I'm going to call this like uh, number one of the big things that I don't like about this movie. Okay, um, uh, which is the the like the famous Leia floating through space. Thing. Right, right. So um, the biggest criticism that I've heard from Star Wars fans about this is, wait, she can use the Force? Like since when? Why have we never seen her use the Force before? Well, like she's she's related to Luke Skywalker. Yeah, every, every, like everybody can. I don't know. Everybody can use the Force. I think is the point of the Force. It's just you're, right. you're more sensitive to it, or you're not. But yeah, and, she's she's Darth Vader's daughter. Like, right. She's Luke Skywalker's brother. Of course, she can use the Force. Of yeah, and I like, don't have a problem with that. <laughs> My problem is that it looks silly. <laughs> okay, and I I get that. I do understand that part of it. It it does look a little silly. Um, I think the first time I saw it, I was too wrapped up in an emotion of like, holy shit, they did this. Like they, they actually just yeah, right. like killed Leia off. Um, especially since this movie came out. Or wait, so I'm trying to remember. Uh, when did Carrie Fisher pass away? Was it? It was like either right. It was before, be, It was right before this movie came out. That's right. Yeah, it was like right before this movie came out. So. <laughs> That was, like, the most emotionally, like, gripping thing for me. It's like, wow, she's she's dead in real life, and then they just killed her character in the movie? That's, like, that's insane. Um, not that you can't do that, but, like, it was just, like, really surprising that they did it this early in the movie. 
Yeah. And and then like you see her hand reach out, and I was like, I was excited about it because I knew it was happening next. It did look a little bit silly, but also there's there's like there's no gravity in space. Like <laughs> I don't know how, how to make that look cool necessarily. No. Um, and the thing is, like, I hear a lot of people call I, it the Mary Poppins scene. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's <laughs> um, yeah, and again, you know what? This and this is going to go into. I talked about pacing on the first act was spot on. This, I think, part of the reason that I don't like this is because it, it act two, it doesn't come to a screeching halt, but it, it does hit the brakes a little bit, and, and the pacing slows down. And this scene just just tracks a little too long. Like, it's too long of a shot of her, you know what I mean? Yeah, and I think that that might have been, had something to do with the fact that they wanted to make sure that emotional moment was felt. Yeah. Um, of course, this is a major character. Major character. character. Uh, <laughs> this is a major character in the franchise. And obviously, this they didn't have time to change anything, I don't think, after Carrie Fisher passed away. But yeah, I think they wanted to handle that moment with uh, finesse, and, and yeah, I, I think I, I can agree with it. We went on a little bit too long. Yeah. Um, that's that's like I don't have a problem with the, the using the force thing, and you know. Yeah, so um, I'm just going to address this because again, I've talked to a lot of Star Wars fans about this, and I want to talk about it because this is this is my Star Wars. I'm gonna maybe we should come up with like a segment of like Star Wars nerd zone with Dan, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but. Okay, so here's the thing. She can definitely use the Force. <laughs> like, for sure. Oh, for sure. The fact that anyone was confused about this is mind-boggling to me. Yeah, no, there's we no... Don't see, I don't... We don't see her use the Force because she doesn't really find out she's related to Luke until uh, Return of the Jedi. So, right. And, and she, she, like, we can tell she's Force-sensitive, at least, in Force Awakens because she feels Hondai. So we know she has a connection to the Force. Of course. Both because of her relation to her brother and family, but also because we've seen her like show signs of force, sensitive, force sensitivity. So it would make perfect sense, in my opinion, that the first time she would actually use the Force in, in, in this way would be when it is at the moment that she needs to save her life and do something drastic. Sure. <laughs> like no, that, I, I... that would be like the, the flight or fight. Okay, I know you agree with me, I'm saying this to all the people that don't understand it. Don't understand it. Yeah. <laughs> this is not directed to you. This is directed at the audience who don't understand how like, I can use the force. Yeah, it, right. No, that, that was never. <laughs> that was never my problem with it. That makes that makes total total sense. Yeah, I so, didn't. Re- I didn't realize that that was why so many people. I thought people were just, just like with me, like, man, that looked stupid. Let's, you know. <laughs> well, there, there no. certainly is a lot of people that that do feel that way about it. But I'm talking to like this. A lot of this, I think, a lot of this episode is going to be me uh, describing to Star Wars fans why this is a good Star Wars movie. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> no, honestly, me too. I, I agree. Um, um, and this is the moment. This is one of the moments where, like, when people use this as a point to, as to why they don't like the movie, I am so confused <laughs> because yeah, I don't, I don't it's understand. a really cool moment. Like, it's it's like we get to finally see Leia use the Force. It's in this really like poignant scene where she's saving her own life and yeah i i don't understand why some people don't <laughs> like it i don't know it's it's really weird to me again yeah it looks kind of silly um but she's wearing like this big fancy robe she's in space there's no gravity what do you want her to do like a superman pose like that that would look right. even dumber uh <laughs> but and again I, I think it would work better if we didn't have this like long weird floating green screen drawn out shot yeah maybe uh, 
but the, like that's the only thing that i like i want to you know i well, didn't realize again that i that think was that big, comes down to editing i think that was more of a, a yeah. way of to get the audience to either think she, that she's dead or um wrap their mind or wrap their minds around the, the fact that she's in space you know yeah um yeah i i, I agree with you that they probably could have tightened it up a little bit but i also understand the decisions that they made and why they made them that way I, I think that's a, I think that's a pacing and editing issue, yeah, more than it is a um, like a plot line issue. I think I think it. I, I don't have a problem with any. I don't have a problem with anybody in this movie using the force. <laughs> like it, it, you know, that's part of the what makes the force so cool is that it's yeah. around everything, right? Um, uh, and yeah, of course, of course, she can. Yeah, like, uh, um, get over but, it, people. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the, the, for me, it's purely cinematic. It just it does it looks it looks a little too hokey for me to. Yeah, and I, I can I can definitely agree with that side of the argument um, for sure. Um, and that kind of that kind of is the scene that I think segues us into the second act of the movie. Right. And um, this is where my second my personal second problem, you know, like critique would come from the movie is that it doesn't like I said it doesn't come to a grinding halt. But it stretches very long and it slows down just a little bit. Um, yeah. So immediately after this happens, uh, Finn decides to run, uh, which yes. is in line with his character from the first movie. As soon as things got tough, he got out of there, even you know away from the first order, and then he tried to run away from the resistance on Takodana, and then you know so that's kind of in line with his character that he's trying. He's singularly focused on getting back to Ray. Um, yeah. So, and again, this is watching again. The scene where he is talking to Rose in the escape pod area, I really like that scene. I know a lot of people don't like Rose Tico, and they think she's a bad character, and she's an Asian woman in a movie that's not like dressed scantily, and that's a crime apparently. Yeah, uh, I don't have. I don't have a problem with her character either. I, I think she's really good in this movie. Like I, uh, I really I liked her in this movie. Um, I agree. Um, but the scene where they're talking, at, like, it's it's so it's so funny to me that uh, it, it it does a really good job of of bringing in a character who is just a a grunt, just a worker. Like she she just she's an engineer. She's like she's a no name, you know, whatever. She's just trying to help the resistance any way she can. She's good at turning wrenches, so that's what she's doing. And she meets this hero, Finn, this guy who like left the resistance and helped them blow up Starkiller base, who isn't really a hero, as we've learned, is just like a kind of a, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Yeah. <laughs> not, not, not coward, but like, uh, just, a. Yeah. I don't know. He's a little bit of a he's coward. Not, he's a little bit of a coward. He's, he's yeah he's, he's chicken shit yeah. he's not he's not like a, he's not like a c3po but he's like he's not an idiot right you know he, he left the first order not because he was trying to do the right thing it's because he got scared and wanted to get out of there sure uh, so that that's kind of his character and the interaction between the two of them where he's trying to like play up the the hero aspect uh yeah. one of the funniest moments in the whole film to me is when he tells her may the force be with you and she's like Wow, it's so it's so yeah, good. Right. It's so good to me. And then and the then moment she, she realizes, zaps him. what's that? And then she fucking zaps him. Yes, yeah. Because the moment she realizes that he's actually trying to escape, and it just turns. It's like it's so good. Like I really like that scene a lot. 
Yeah, I do too. That, that's the, actually one of the pieces of comic relief that worked for me. Yeah, and then the way they, they bond over their uh, knowledge of engineering is really fun. Uh, and then that leads that leads into like more what the, the second act is about, yeah. Yeah. Um, it, uh, and like I said, I like... I like a lot of stuff about this movie and I'm trying part of me like like breaking this down is me trying not to like overly amp up, you know I want people to know that I don't think the, I don't think either of us think this movie's perfect but no I, I, there's I don't think there's a perfect movie that exists either so no I, I think it would be like I'm trying I think we're both trying to not like come across as like hey this one this is great let's just you know just watch this one and fuck everything else and, you know. <laughs> Like we're trying, we're trying very hard to kind of. Maybe you it. are. I'm all about this movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it, it, this is where it kind of screeches to a halt. We kind of get the uh, not, it not screeches to a halt. It slows down a lot. Yeah, the uh, unnecessary cameo of Maz Kanata. Yes. Uh, as much as I like her character, um, and it is, it is kind of a fun scene. It, but it feels really shoehorned in. It's like, hey, yeah. it's like the first. I think it's the first time in the movie where it's like, hey, here's a thing you remember. Um, yeah. and it doesn't feel genuine. Um, and it's all set up to find a way to disable the shields on the main star destroyer so they can get on there and disable the light speed sure. tracking. Um, and then we get, uh, after Leia's put in the medical bay, we get yeah. uh, vice, vice Admiral, whoever of the who cares. Right, uh, right. Which I know a lot of people don't like either. Um, yeah, played by Laura uh, Dern. Um, I, I'm one of those people. I think I think she her character is is like wholly unnecessary. Um, I yeah. think I think you could have just as easily had Poe assume command. Well, so I disagree with that. I actually disagree with that. So one of the the big story through lines, at least for, for Poe, he has to undergo a, a character development, and he does so in this movie. So yeah. at the very beginning, they like lose all of those those bombers because he gets all like amps up to try to take out that dreadnought, right? And they right. lose a, a, a big, a large amount of the resistance fleet that way. Um so he's, you know, acting hot-headed and, and impulsive, and so that's how he gets demoted. And I think they do a good job. I think setting up his um, his character arc in this movie by having this opposite force of him, this Admiral Holdo, who is a who's very stern, uh, who doesn't budge on things, very tough, and she just shoots him down every time he he wants to find out more about the plan. Yeah, my own like my biggest complaint about her character is, um, there was really not much reason, in my opinion, for the secrecy. Um, if she had come out and just been like, "Hey, this is the plan," you know, we're gonna make it look like we're on the ropes, and then we're going to escape down to this planet we know of. Um, I think it would have maybe made for a less interesting movie, <laughs> but it would have made more sense from a story's perspective and it would have created a little bit less conflict. Um, That's maybe my only complaint about her character in this movie is that she could have just been maybe a little bit more open with information. But at the same time, I can also understand that maybe she didn't want to in case there was a spy on board that would have leaked the information to the First Order. Maybe that's her her reasoning behind that. They didn't really explain that in this movie, and that's maybe the the weakest moment for for the movie as as a whole because it creates a lot of unnecessary conflict. 
Yeah, see, I, I, I just, I almost, I almost think there's another way to to build that story arc as opposed to, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know. No, I, I, I think it's 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 the most clumsily handled moment, like section of the whole movie. Um, I, I think I think if you're trying to make something nice and neat and trim down, I think the character is almost unnecessary. Um, personal opinion, uh, everybody. Which you know, no, I I'm think sure... I, I think a lot of people agree with you on that. I, I I know a lot of people that don't like that character. Um, yeah, and I I think my complaints about it is less with the character itself and more of how the situation is handled. It's just like there's so, like just like in, in most movies and most TV shows where there is a conflict, things would have been solved much easier if you just fucking talked about it. But, sure, sure. <laughs> you know that's 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 one way of creating conflict in a movie. Maybe not the best way. It's a very common thing in most movies and TV shows. Yeah. Um, but I think that's that's my biggest complaint with it is it could have just been resolved much easier if they just talked about it. Um, yeah. But I don't really have a problem with the character itself. See, it's a little bit of both for me. I think it's just, uh, it's just, I don't know. In my opinion, she kind of serves to just clunkify the story a little bit. Um, Or at least that's how it comes across. It's just, it's just, she's, she's the character who's applying pressure to the brakes, I think. Um, Well, and she is that. Like, again, that comes down to what I feel like is the unnecessary conflict of the film. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know, I don't know yeah. how much of that is a character thing and more of just a writing thing. But yeah, it, it can be I hard. To, it can be hard to disassociate the two. I understand. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. I, I think it. I think it does end up being a writing thing more than more than anything. Um, and there's a lot of that. Uh, there, there's a couple of things here that I, I think are, are just uh, weird writing ticks. Um, it comes down to the point where they say there's only like 400 fighters left and it's like you know that's that's barely a re- rebellion at that point you yeah. know this is this is like why is the order why is this massive fleet still after 400 people well because it's all that's left you know if, they, yeah, if sure. they can snuff out the remainder of the resistance then they have complete control i i actually corrected myself on the notes after that i wrote oh right luke um, yeah, yeah. Um, but it just four hundred just seems like too small of a number to me. I think, I think like yeah, I remember thinking that when I first saw the movie as well. It's it's because the odds were stacked against them in the Force Awakens as well. They after destroying the Republic and and, and things like that. It's almost like Ryan Johnson when like oh yeah, you think the odds are really stacked against them now? Watch this, and then they'll really uh, you know <laughs> whittle the numbers down even more. And then even more so by the end of the film, which we'll talk about. Yeah, but, yeah, uh, it just gets it gets like way down to like bare threads. Right. And I think about like okay, um, uh, uh, take a movie like uh, Demolition Man, right? Did you ever see the movie Demolition Man? Uh, not all the way through. Okay, so so Demolition Man is basically a movie about a, a cop who's chasing after a really really bad bad guy, right? Um, Sylvester Stallone and Wesley Snipes. Stallone's the cop, Snipes is the bad guy. And they get, you know, he catches the bad guy, and the bad guy gets sentenced to a cryo prison. But in the meantime, the cop ends up accidentally killing all these people, and he also gets sentenced to cryo prison. And then they they're sentenced to this jail, and they're frozen cryogenically. And then they wake up years later in the future, right? Right. Uh, and that's how the whole movie goes. The, it's the same issue 
here that you have in that movie in that it's 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 a numbers issue in that movie they get sentenced for like 30 years which is and then like by the time they wake up everything is completely changed like the entire landscape of of human society has changed (laughs) drastically um and it's like it needs to be farther out. It needs to be farther out than like thirty-five years. It's got to be like one hundred and fifty years. You know what I mean? Right. Like you got to push that number. And I think that's in the far-off of... future of nineteen ninety-seven. Right. It's like the it's like the far-off future <laughs> of like two thousand and fifteen or whatever. Right, right. You know what I mean? It's like you know everything is just like completely fucking changed. You know, and it's a numbers issue. I think with this movie as well. It's it's just like four hundred is like that's nothing. Yeah. No. <laughs> exactly. You know, Especially when um, you see the overwhelming force of the First Order. Right, yeah. 400 is like Grenada versus, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> The population of Grenada. Yeah, there's nothing. There's like, there's there's no threat there. Yeah. Um, it just seems a little excessive that they like have a fleet of Star Destroyers coming after like a couple people. Um, right. And it just, I don't know. It just, if, no, well, I, if, again, I, I understand where you're coming from exactly. And I know that was one of the things I thought about when I first saw the movie as well. It's just like, it seems like it was a little bit of one-upsmanship. It's like, oh yeah, you really think they're in trouble now. Just wait till yeah, right. Like, yeah. Um, so like, God, you know, they need, they need some people. <laughs> yeah. Know. Right. Right. But again, like you, as you mentioned, I think the hope was still there as long as they could get Luke back. Um, and that was the, one of the reasons why they were, they were chasing them down so aggressively as well. Uh, but yeah, that's, that was, Definitely part of the, the the movie for me too that that seemed a little far fetched, um, but you know uh, it's it's it keeps the the pressure high and uh, the the stakes are really high as well and sure. maybe explains some of the the characters' actions a little bit more as to why they're acting so erratically, um, but yeah from this uh, Rose and Finn devise a plan to disable the hyperspace tracking from the First Order's command ship. And they go on a little side mission, which takes casino them casino world, casino <laughs> world of uh, Canto Bites. Um, yes, which I, I I like the way they set this up. It's like you know they're on their way there, and and Finn's like, "Hey, what do you know about this planet? Have you ever been there?" Just, and uh, Rose is just like, "Oh yeah, it's it's you know filled with the worst people, and it's the the most horrible place on Earth." And then, like the first shot you see is two like glasses of champagne clicking each other, and it's just like yeah, right. It's a really uh, funny because I, I think most people when when they hear that uh, they go back to a new hope. Yeah, right. The dive like, bar. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's it's um it's uh you'll never find a more wretched hive of scum and villainy. Scum and villainy. Yeah. When he's talking about Moss Eisley Cantina, and I think most people were expecting that, and then like you see the the stark contrast of just this one percent society uh living off the riches of war um which i know again that's that's one of the biggest points of contention for a lot of people in this film is canto bite and like it's it's too much and it takes forever and it's i've talked about this a little bit before we started recording it and i i remember watching that scene in the theater and feel like it like it went on a little bit too long um but every other yeah. time I've seen this movie, it, it feels like it's it's not so bad. I mean, I think it's only on. I think that part of the the film only takes up about ten minutes of, of the runtime, sure. uh, which is not a whole lot in a movie that's two and a half hours long. I don't um, think the issue is that it's that it's too long of a scene. I think the issue is that it's an unnecessary scene. I think they could have handled it a little differently. Yeah. Well, so um, what the the whole point of of Canto Bite is to 
uh, it's it's all a part of Finn's character development as well. Um, he is again he's he likes to run away from things that when it, they get hard, and he sees this place and he's immediately like caught up in the glamour of it. He's like, wow, this is fantastic, this is amazing, and you can kind of see the wheel start to turn a little bit. It's like, oh, maybe you know, once I once I get Ray back, we can we can head here and kind of live the, the, the high life. Yeah. Right. Like he's, um, he's, he's thinking, I get it. Yeah. Like he, it, he's, he's becoming less enamored with actually fighting with the resistance at this point. And the whole point of this scene is to, to the whole point of this, this section is to show that, you know, this is what happens when you know, the galaxy's at war. Like this is, these people are just profiting off of it, which is kind sure. of a very real commentary about oh, uh, absolutely. the rich and yeah. the real world as well, which is, which is fun. Um, absolutely. Yeah. But it's also, no, I, I, I wholly understand it. Yeah. And I get it. It's just, if the movie wasn't already pushing like two and a half hours long and, you know, if the pacing hadn't slowed to this point, I think it would have been okay. Yeah. But it just, it does for me, it comes across as for unnecessary. Me. For me, yeah, I get it. Um, I, I think it more comes down to Ryan Johnson's desire to give every one of the main characters yes. a, a a full plot arc. Um, yes. Because in in the Force Awakens, Poe is more that. of a side character. He doesn't really get much development. He's just the hotshot pilot. You see him do a lot of cool stuff, but there's not really much to it. And then he explores that more in this movie. Um, sure. really the only character who gets like a, a, a full plot arc and, and the force awakens is Ray. Right, right. Um, so I think he wanted to explore some of those elements more in this movie. Fine. And fine. Yeah. yeah. Again, like it's, it's could have been handled better, but I, I, I appreciate that he, he wanted to give these characters more of a reason to be there and yes. kind of explore what makes them tick and what makes them unique. And yeah, yeah. That's like, that's, I, I know that's, this is, this is, I, I feel like I'm a, uh, an apologist for this movie, and I I, I probably am. <laughs> oh my! Uh, but so, so, so. yeah, I think I think the scene I think the scene works better the more you see the movie. Um, I've probably seen this movie like six times at this point, <laughs> but yeah, it, it's it's definitely one of the low points of the movie in general. Yeah. Um, I will say the all the stuff with BB-8 in this section is awesome. Yeah. Uh, you see the slot machines are kind of shaped like the, the BB droids. Right. And you get like He's a put- really, you get like a really <laughs> drunk patron just like putting Slipping coins, coins into it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which is really funny. And then like <laughs> later they pay that off when they're escaping. Um, and, and it's, it's <laughs> yeah, it's so good. Uh, yeah. So basically, you know, the, they're there on Canto bite to find a code breaker and they, they park their shuttle on the beach, which leads to a really, I think it's a really humorous part of this 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 section. It's like this guy who's just like, you can't park there. That's illegal. <laughs> and like that's the reason they're thrown in jail. Yeah. <laughs> Not for any reason other than that. Some, uh, some bystander just felt the need to. Yeah, you know, yeah. Some like good Samaritan. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think that's really funny. Um, and so they, they finally find the code breaker, and then they get thrown in jail because they parked on the beach illegally. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, then you meet DJ, uh, who is played by Benicio del Toro, um, who I know a lot of people don't like the uh, um, the the speech impediment that he adapts in this movie. I think he pulls it off really well. I think it's oh, really. Fun. I thought it was great. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I thought... think it's. I think it's fun. Um, I just uh, think. I mean, I think he's a fantastic actor, and everything is in as well. Yeah, uh, I, I, I wrote here. 
the note I wrote is, is like the, the casino scene is where they come they, they lose me uh but Benicio del Toro is great even if this part is unnecessary yeah I think I, yeah he's a great actor yeah you well know, and once again it's a really fun um juxtaposition so like when you see the code yeah. they're there to find he's like wearing this tuxedo he's like got his slick back hair like the um like the twirled mustache he's like super fancy um, kind of yeah yeah like if, if james bond existed in the star wars, star wars universe it would be this guy uh and, and so <laughs> they meet the other codebreaker and he is like he looks homeless he's Slimy. got yeah he's got his yeah. boots around his neck like tied yeah. <laughs> tied together um and it's it's just i don't know i think it's fun to uh kind of mess with people's expectations like that sure um, and well and then especially like by the end where you know um, we we will forget to say spoiler alert. Although I think it's implied yeah. uh, through this podcast, but yeah, I, like by the end of it, like where he fucking like turns on them, right, um, right. That is a that is a like that is a not Star Wars thing to do, and I like that. Well, and, and uh, yeah, so he also is the character who introduces Finn to the idea that there aren't good and bad guys. Like, sure. And and I again I think that's one of the, the core themes of this movie. I was going to get into the that like more to the end of it, but I think this another thing I like so much about this movie is that it has something to say um, other than good is good and bad is bad. Um, this movie has a lot of really interesting things to say um, as well, and I I, I was going to get into that a little bit later, but he's kind of the character who introduces that idea to Finn. Um, yeah, and to the audience. Yes, yeah, and it's it's re- I think that's really well done. Um, I know one other thing that a lot of people didn't like were the animals that they ride out on. Yeah. Uh, I thought that was a fun scene. Uh, maybe the yeah. maybe the, the, the animal cruelty thing was maybe a little bit ham-fisted. Yeah. Uh, I, I think in, in even back in 2017, the idea that hurting animals was bad is pretty well known. But, right. you know, uh, it, I, I think it was. It, it's fat that could have been trimmed up. Yeah, for sure. For sure big old fat chunk of this section could have just been cut and that would have lowered the runtime down and made it a little less stretchy yeah uh, so like, i do that, really like why. the escape scene where they're just like running through the streets and just fucking shit up mm. uh which was really fun to watch especially in the climate we're in right now <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> where <laughs> there are riots going on all over the place yeah. uh, <laughs> so that yeah, was I- that was fun to watch yeah, it's it's a fun little uh, getaway scene, you know. Yeah, the the one line that kills it for me is uh, at the end where Finn was like, "Yeah, man, it, it was it was worth it just to just to see them hurt." And then Rose takes the saddle off the the thing they're riding in and like tells him to leave. And they're like, "No, now it's worth it." Like, okay, we get it. <laughs> like that's right, exactly. that's a little that's a little over the top with that. Um, I wrote, I wrote, uh, actually, it's funny you bring that up because I wrote, you know, the quote, like, oh, man, it was worth it. And I, I wrote, was it though? Like with the, the Thor face? Yeah. <laughs> um, was it? Was it though? You know. Yeah. Because they, I mean, they, they didn't really do much to disrupt no. the, the infrastructure no. there. But yeah, it was, it was fun watching expensive things get, get smashed up. Um, so that that's that's the Finn and Rose part. I mean, do you have anything more to say about that section of the movie? I feel like no, it's the, like that whole that whole ten fifteen minute thing. To me, it felt like to me, to me, it felt like it was fat that could have been trimmed down or out. I think there was a better way to do it. I don't necessarily hate all of it, but I, I think one of my one of my 
bigger problems with this movie is that it does feel very, very, very long. Oh, and I think it's two and a half hours. <laughs> yeah, like you're. And, 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 well, the thing is, like, there's movies that are two and a half hours long that don't feel like that. No, I know what you mean. Yeah, this movie feels two and a half hours long. It feels three hours long in places. <laughs> um, and it's like the, there's there's a couple different spots where you could have trimmed this movie down. You could have cut this out, or you could have, and we'll get to it. Like at the end, you could have ended the movie twenty five thirty minutes, twenty five minutes sooner. Um, at one scene in particular and cut it there and then had us, you know, resume later. Okay. I'll, uh, I'm interested to see what you think about that. Cause I haven't thought about something like that before. So, um, but I think if I was going to cut it, this would have been the fact that I would have tripped out. There would, it would like the, the whole scene with, with uh, what's her name? Uh, eyeball lady. <laughs> Moscanada. Moscanada. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think that could have been trimmed out. I think. Uh, yeah. Cause, cause like Poe could have known the code breaker. Like you could have just, right. just got right to it, but I understand, you know, Moscanada was a very popular character in the first ones. So they want to bring sure. in this one. So yeah, it. It, it could have been handled better. Um, um, but yeah, so we, we kind of leave the planet and we head back to Luke and Ray. Yes. Uh, uh, and this is, this is the part of the movie that um, because the, the second act stretches for so long, um, I think this is the one highlight of that second act that that really brings me back into the movie a lot. Um, and I think maybe it's just purely from fan service on Ryan Johnson's part, um, <laughs> because we get to see Yoda, and as someone who loves Star Wars, uh, you know, I think he kind of redeems Yoda's character a lot. Oh yeah, but we get to- be- before that. Sorry, I don't want to like cut you off. No, no, you're so good. Much. So before that, we we get introduced to the force connection between Ray and Kylo. Yes, uh, which is real. I I man, I love every scene that they do together. That way is so yeah. good. It's they're so great. good. It, they're um, great in all the movies except you know the right last right. One. But, but in in this one, like it, it's so cool how like Kylo kind of understands what's going on. He doesn't understand how it's happening, but he yeah. kind of gets it and Ray's just like fully enraged at him, um, mm. which kind of sets up their dynamic a little bit. So like Kylo's high pants, Kylo's high pants. Yeah. We'll definitely get to that a little bit later, but um, so the first time that they, they interact this way, um, like Ray impulsively shoots him with her blaster uh, and it doesn't do anything obviously. Cause he's not there um, and he's trying to figure out what's happening. And uh, he says, you're not doing this. The, the effort alone would kill you, um, which kind of sets up something later in the film. Yeah. Uh, and it's this is really interesting dynamic because it, it, it does a good job of helping you understand who Kylo Ren is and, and why he would go to the dark side. Um, and also, like, again, it, it's, it brings more to the idea of everyone is not totally bad or everyone's not totally good. And, you know, Ray has this idea of who he is, and it really challenges that through this. Um, I think it does a good job of, of doing that as well. Yeah. And then, of course, you yeah. get, to, you get the, the really funny scene where, because uh, it, it happens when they, they, they're not controlling when it happens, and uh, <laughs> Kylo has his shirt off. And <laughs> one, of the funnier, one of the funnier lines in the movie is like, can you put a cowl on or something? <laughs> it's just like... Yeah, right. <laughs> Yeah, he's like he's got his pants up to his belly button. Right, right, right. He's walking around in front of the movie like Ooh. <laughs> all, all, all the memes that came out of that were just so good back then. So good. Yeah. yeah. Super, super good. Yeah. Uh, no, I think their I think their chemistry is really good. Um, yeah, for sure. 
I think uh, Daisy and Adam have a uh, really good uh, play off of each other. I think they work well off of each other. Um, and I think uh, they were written really well together in the previous movie, and I think they're written even better together in this movie. For sure. Um, you also it's really get the explanation of why he ran from the Jedi Order and why yeah. he destroyed the, the temple. And it's really cool. So they, they do this really well. Because they show they show this flashback three times, yes. and it's and it's different every time, um, yes. which is great. And they do such a good job with this. Um, so the first time it's it's uh, I think it's Ray who asks Luke, um, you know, why it happened, and Luke kind of kind of gives a partial truth about it, kind of dances around the, the the full story, and basically explains that you know he sensed the the darkness in. Um, and and Ben Solo, and by the time he got there, it was already too late. Uh, yeah. Which you know gives Ray the idea in in her mind that you know he is just this this total monster that you know is irredeemable. And then we hear Kylo's side. Yes. Yeah. And and you get to see like Luke standing over him with his lightsaber ignited. And, with his eyes all red. Yeah, like. <laughs> yeah, and and you know you you can totally understand why he would react that way, both on from both sides, honestly. Yeah. Um, yeah. And if you're a scared like 16 year old kid, uh, and your your mentor is standing over you with death in his eyes, like, you, what else are you gonna do but run? Um, right. So, and then you know later on we get the the, the Luke side of it again, and once it's again. The whole yeah, once again, you get to see Mark Hamill's, you know, acting performance done so well. You get to see the the immediate regret after igniting the lightsaber. It's like, oh man, I should not have done this. And then it's too late at that point. Um, right. So again, does a really great job of setting up that, like, you know, maybe Luke isn't all good, and and maybe sure. Ben Solo isn't all bad. Uh, and it's a um, really good way of introducing that idea to the movie. My only complaint with that, I think, is that they they put all those two close together. I think they could have told Luke's first story a little earlier in the movie, and it would have like it would have fit a little better to me. Um, but like, I think it's all I think it's all great. It just it just feels like really cra- they're all in that second act. They're all yeah. pushed together in the second act, and it, it feels a little cluttered. Um, but I don't dislike it. I just think if it would have spaced a little bit better, I would have, you know what I mean? I would have been into it a little more. Like if they, like if they, even if, even if they just spaced the first one out, like earlier in the movie. Um, but yeah, I, I don't, I don't hate it. I think, I think it works actually really, really well. For sure. Um, it's just, it just seems a little crammed. And again, I think that's more pacing and editing than it is anything else. Um, you know, I, I, right. I think the second act is where things start to cl- clutter up just a little bit. Yeah, so it's um, it's after um, you know Ray gets that explanation from from Kylo Ren that she goes back to the dark side yes. anus that we see yes. in the the Force Vision, the cold space butt, the cold space anus, uh, <laughs> space anus. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, she, again, like, a lot of her motivation, even from the first movie, is finding out where she comes from, who her parents are, you know, yes. why she's there. Um, and she thinks that the dark side will have the answers to this, and she goes into that, that hole. And we get one of the most, you know, visually interesting sections of the movie. Yeah. 
and again, something I really wish they would have explained later on, but they don't. And it's one of the, the when you watch all these movies again, it's one of the uh, most disappointing things is they don't actually explain this too well. Um, but you get the, the thing with, with her and like you, you see like the, the lines of her uh, in a row um, as she's like slowly walking towards uh, this mirror asking yeah. for them to asking for it to reveal her parents and then it's it's just her on the other side sure. uh, which again is a really interesting question to ask and the answer is much less interesting <laughs> i don't have a problem with this part as much because it worked uh, my argument is that it worked in empire just well, so- fine Again, I would not have a problem with this at all because I loved it when it happened. I would not have a problem with this scene at all if it wasn't for Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> yes, uh, with something that we're definitely gonna like. Yeah. I feel like I feel like these first two, I feel like these first two episodes are really just prepping us for when we eventually get to uh, Rise of Skywalker. Because oh, yeah. I mean, I, I think I told you uh, one of the reasons why I wanted to do this podcast in general was so I could talk about. <laughs> Rise of yeah. Skywalker. <laughs> um, I think between the two of us, yeah, you and I could fill an encyclopedia in volumes. When we get to that, it might have to be a two-part episode. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like there's, there's so much, and and I got to be yeah. honest with you, like I, I think I told you last night, like watching this makes me just ever so sad. Yep. Uh, because I I know number one that I have to watch that again. <laughs> Uh, and and I you know I, I get to watch something that I I actually enjoyed first and then just to see what they did with it, um, it's gonna suck. Yeah, <laughs> spoiler gonna... alert for a future episode where we talk about Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. We're not it's fans. Gonna be, <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a, a, a rough a rough take. Yeah. But, you know, again, I'm trying to like I I think I I think you're right. I think I, I think this would have been so much cooler had they. You know, because, okay, in Empire Strikes Back, we get the, you know, like, we get the thing with him. He goes to this place, and Yoda is just like, it's strong on the dark side, right? Yeah. Um, and he goes and he confronts Vader, but he's confronting himself, and, you know, it's the whole, like, symbolistic, you know, kind of thing. Right. Um, and then that gets resolved by the end of by the end of the movie, when yeah. Vader says, I'm your father, and it's this, you know what I mean? It, it, it's sort of like poetry. It's like they rhyme. Right. Well, and, and honestly, <laughs> this gets resolved in this movie, too. Yeah. Or so we thought. <laughs> or so we thought. Exactly. And that's the problem. There's, yeah. there's, this, there's this asterisk. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right next to that. Because 100%. Yeah. What comes after? But I do, I do like that. I like the space butthole. I like the mirror. I like the, the imagery of her snapping her fingers in it all. Yeah, it's just, super cool. Um, you know, and it's like a huge callback. It's a callback that absolutely works. Uh, the callback to Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, and it's not like too on the nose either. Like they could have just retreaded the same thing, yeah. and then it would have been, you know, it would not have been a callback. It would have been a direct, you know, comparison. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then so like after that, like immediately after that, um, she goes back to her tent and she's talking to Kylo Ren again and talking about how conflicted she is. And then, uh, they reach out each other's hands and then they touch and then Luke sees them there together and he freaks out, which is when we get the, the third, uh, um, yeah, the third explanation of what actually happened. 
and one of the one of the cooler fight scenes in the movie too uh yeah, is, is when when they're they're fighting each other as well um which i think is is the type of action that a lot of star wars fans were hoping to see from luke uh so that was that was fun um and it was really like you got to see really where ray was coming from she was so impassioned and angry uh mm-hmm. that you know she she kind of told that line of like what was what was going to happen just like she she drew the lightsaber on him and like that yeah. was the end of the fight like luke was like no we're not doing that yeah um and then that's when he explains to her what actually happened and then she like goes to to meet kylo on the command ship yeah yeah so yeah that yeah. that whole section of the movie it's it's so well done i i don't i didn't have any problem with the editing in that whole part of it honestly i felt like the whole thing was super tight and mm. well done um the only the old that's where they start to get me back um because everything like the, the whole first part of that second act is is kind of the part of the movie where they lose me but yeah the only thing that i would do differently from that is just like i said space that space the story like the uh explanations out space the story out a little bit yeah i could see that um but yeah aside from that i thought it was great i thought uh you know, I thought the way that they they uh, you know set that whole thing up, where you see Luke's side and then Kylo's side and Luke's side again, is uh, really really good. Um, it just you know, it, I think I just need that extra space. And what it really does, when it really comes full circle for me, is what comes immediately after Ray leaves. And this is where I would mark the end of the second act and the beginning of the third sure. act. Yeah. Um, uh, is you know right after this it's when um you know when Luke Ma- Luke goes up and he's going to destroy the the original uh Jedi you know text right yeah um and he gets a visit from Master Yoda and uh, yes. this was like the uh Puppy I, Yoda. I wrote, you got Papa Yoda, Yoda again Papa bless I wrote, I wrote here Yoda fucking kills it and Ryan Johnson knows exactly why Yoda is cool yeah he doesn't CG uh, him either he's a nope. he's a, he's a Puppy puppet. Yoda we get yeah. a we get a return of Puppet Yoda. I love it. It's perfect. Doesn't look fake. Looks real. Yeah. We get old Yoda voice back. Super well, I mean, cool. you gotta get Frank Oz. Like, there's no Yoda yeah. without Frank Oz. Yeah, and, and they and they kill it. There's I wrote there's a couple lines here. Uh, the greatest teacher, the greatest teacher failure is yes. Uh, that we is, are with a, we are again, with a grow beyond. Again, like that is oh yeah, we are with a grow beyond. Um, yeah. such a good line. Um, and it goes back to what I was saying earlier about like how this movie has it, it it's telling us something. It, like it has yeah. a message, and this is one of those things. Like it's it's you know failure isn't something to run from or dread. It's something to you know when it happens, you embrace it, you learn from it, and then you grow from it. Right. Um, which I mean, when I saw it, I was going through my own personal uh, <laughs> issues and things like that. So it meant a lot to me when I saw it for the first time in the theater because yeah. it was kind of in a, a down part of my life. Um, not to get into that too much here, but um, it really meant a lot to me, you know, to, to kind of have a positive message like that. Sure. That like failure isn't the worst thing to happen to you. You can you can go beyond it and, and do something good with Absolutely. the knowledge you've gained from your failures. And I was like. I needed that at that moment. <laughs> well, and, and like we talked about it when we did Force Awakens. Um, yeah, Lucas. Lucas basically told uh, uh, 
J.J. Abrams, remember, this is a movie for kids. Right. And I think you, you need a, a lesson. You know, even though this movie tends to, like, veers into a little bit more serious territory. Yeah. And it's a little bit more complicated story-wise. At the heart of it, it's still, a, a, like, a cool space adventure. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, you need to you need to have the, the lesson like you had in the original trilogy. And I think they did a really good job there. Oh, absolutely. Um, uh, Yoda fucking kills it, man. Uh, uh, page turners, they were not. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, I love that line. Yeah. Uh, I, and maybe it's just because, like, that totally redeemed all the all the dumb, like, oh, God, I, 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 I get so angry when I think about, like, Yoda with a lightsaber flipping all <laughs> over the place. Like, it just pisses me off so much because that's not... That's not what his character was. Right. <laughs> you know he's, what I mean? He's wisdom. He's guidance. Yes. You know, he's, he's a the, teacher. He's, he's the Jedi counselor. If you're in an right. extended universe stuff, he's he's the you know that's not his thing. There's there's no. you know, there's soldiers who do that. You know, he's 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 more interested in the in the energy of it all. You know what I mean? Um, and we get to see him be a teacher again, and yes. it's it's really really nice to not have to see this little green guy flipping around like a great <laughs> person. Well, and also, like, they they even tie it into the original trilogy there as well. Like, how he's talking to Luke again is, like, you know, he's always he's still looking at the horizon. He's never present. Yes. Um, and that was kind of the message he was trying to tell him in, in the original trilogy as well. And it's like, yeah, yeah it, it, again, I, going back to what we said earlier, I think watching it again, the thing I, I really got from this movie, especially after, because, again, this is the first time I've seen it after watching Rise of Skywalker. It's like, Ryan Johnson get star wars like he yes. understands what star yes. wars is and yeah he plays with the expectations of, of the, the characters and things like that but it all fits within what star wars is about and yes it, again watching force awakens again and then you know look thinking back to rise of skywalker it, it's it's kind of clear to me that jj abrams like kind of gets it but not like well, he, he gets like that lasers are cool and, and, and flying yeah. in space is cool and lightsabers are cool, but he doesn't understand like why the force is cool. Yeah. Like what, what it's really about. Um, sure. And, and I think uh, that's, that's never more apparent than in rise of Skywalker. Yeah. Yeah, it, it is. JJ Abrams understands why movies are cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I, last time you, uh, you likened him to Michael Bay and that, 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 yeah. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. He's like a good Michael. Go back. Yeah, it's what it's, I think it's exactly what you said. But he understands why movies are cool. Ryan Johnson understands why Star Wars are, is, is cool. Yeah, uh, you know, and it, I think he does a good job. And I think, like I said, part of this movie or part of this review is going to be us like trying to give this dude a fair shake because he got hammered. Like the the right. you said, the critics critics liked it. The audience score is just like a fucking abysmal for this movie, isn't it? You said it was. Yeah, I so I, I, I pulled up Rotten Tomatoes because uh, I remember when this movie came out, it got overwhelmingly positive critical reviews. Yes. But the audience uh, was was like very mixed on it. And it's one of the most drastic ex- examples of that. Of Like if you look at Rotten Tomatoes as a whole, the tomato meter score, which is the critics, was 90%, which is outstanding. Yeah. Um, and the audience score was forty three percent. Yeah, that's just like it's less. A, it's less than half of what the critics thought of it, which is sure. Like you rarely see, I mean, you rarely see a, a, a movie that scores really well with critics not score well with an audience. Uh, but even more rare is a movie that scores well with critics that the audience is this polarized on. 
Yes. Uh, and and yeah, it's it's it. I don't quite understand it. As I've mentioned Not several either. times throughout this um, this conversation, is I think it's one of the I, I said earlier I like I, I it's my top three Star Wars movies. Um, um, yeah, and I didn't I didn't agree with you the first time you told me that. And like <laughs> at, on a, on a rewatch, yeah, and I love I love Return of the Jedi. I think it's oh, I think yeah. it's really good. It's a good movie. It's definitely it's definitely the weakest of the the three originals. Right. Um, but I, I think I like this one better, uh, which is like super unpopular opinion. Um, uh, and I think I'd have to agree with you, like in terms of that order. Yeah, it's, um, it's great. I mean, it's, it's, yeah. re- it's really good and not a fair shake. And like, part of me wants to dismiss that audience score as like, you know, the same people who go out and watch Adam Sandler movies every <laughs> year, when they, you know what I mean? But like, for, that's such a huge it's a massive gap and it's I, a massive gap like yeah. th- that's a lot of uh, you know a lot of uh, conflict between those two and yep. i just maybe i just don't get it and um, and that's kind of what that's one of the reasons why i wanted to do this episode as well is like i kind of wanted to explain my side of it why i do like it to star wars yeah. fans like to to kind of address the the complaints that i've heard from a lot of star wars fans as to why they didn't like this movie and uh kind of explain that side of it because i i think i don't i I think that many people can argue why this may not be a good film i mean we already talked about the pacing issues in some places but um as a star wars movie it's i think it's outstanding Um, i agree i agree i i again like i don't think it's perfect but i i think it's uh i think it's certainly better than a lot of people gave it credit for it and 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 honestly the the best part of this whole movie is the third act um yes it's, it's so the third act like it makes up for anything that happened in the earlier part of the movie for me. Sure. It's it's so well done. So, um, yeah, I think that just leads right into that that part of the discussion. So, um, uh, yeah, Ray Ray goes back to try to return of the Jedi, Kylo. Yeah, um, you know, and uh, and bring him back, and she's kind of surprised when he's when she's met with uh, uh, like coldness and distance. Yeah, it's a uh, it's and- a great shot. So like her her escape pod like lands in the the bay of the star destroyer and the first yeah. person she sees is kylo ren and she kind of has like oh man it's it he, he he was waiting for me and then he steps aside and there's two stormtroopers with handcuffs and she's like yes. oh okay so this is not this is not this, is how this way right, yeah. yeah uh which really funnily luke says that exact same thing before she goes um which is great yeah right uh but yeah so um it also leads to like one of the it's one of the, the best like scenes in all of Star Wars, in my opinion, uh, is is that confrontation between Ray, Snoke, and Kylo in that throne room. Super good. And once Thank again, Andy Circus, fantastic. Uh, and, and and again, like Adam Driver as well. Like he, I don't think he says a single word in that whole scene. Yeah. But his his facial expressions, his reactions are it's so well done. Perfect. It's perfect. Um, and also, kind of, it, is great. Yeah, it, yeah. It, that's another example of like kind of playing with the expectations of what a Star Wars movie is like because it, it sets the scene up a lot. Like you mentioned, you mentioned it like Return of the Jedi, where uh, Luke and Vader face down the Emperor. Um, even down to how uh, Snoke has Rey's lightsaber sitting next to him on the chair. Yes, um, and like she goes to, to grab it, and he kind of just like plays with her, and he's like. He swings it around and smacks me in the back of the head with it and brings it back to him. So it's like, right. it's it's definitely playing with the expectations of 
you know, what the, the, the visual language we're used to seeing for Star Wars. Right. Um, and again, it's, it's a really good job of doing that. Um, we also get the, the failed attempt from Finn and Rose to infiltrate the Star Destroyer. Uh, everything's going really well right up until the end. And they do, I think, a pretty good job of ramping up that, that feeling of like, oh, man, it, this, this actually might work. Until, yeah. until until it doesn't, oh, right? Yeah, um, which is well done. And then we, we get to see you know our, our favorite character in this whole series again, Captain Phasma. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> oh, a, yeah, that's right. A return I, appearance. I even wrote here, oh, Phasma's back to do nothing. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's. I think that's there only because I think Disney probably was like, no, you got to throw her in there so we can put her on the cups. Yeah. Um, <laughs> right. Yeah, she's she's back to she's just back to to die. Basically, <laughs> take that, Gwendolyn Christie. Uh, we also forgot to. This also starts the uh, like Poe tries to start a mutiny against. Yes. Um, wow, I totally blanked her name. Uh, Admiral Holdo. Yes, Admiral. What's her face of the? Who cares? <laughs> yeah, Admiral Hodor. No. Yeah. <laughs> no. Admiral no, Holdo. No, no. Uh, um, Admiral Laura Dern. <laughs> yeah, Admiral Purple Hair. Yeah. <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, we see uh, that go down, and obviously that doesn't go well either. Um, and so we also see the the plan. What the, what the plan actually was was to you know get close enough to this this planet where there was a abandoned rebel base, and then launch the transports down to down to there. Oh um, man, sure would have been great if you told me that before I. Yeah, again, that goes back to what I said earlier. I think my hangable offense. <laughs> Yeah, it could have been definitely could have been handled better that way. But again, it was yeah. it was too manufactured drama and uh, you know a section that probably would not have been that interesting if they hadn't done that. But sure. once again, they definitely could have done it better. Um, but yeah, you get that part of the the story, and then you know you see DJ rat them out for cash. Yeah, because uh, he 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 hears that conversation on the ship while they're heading there, and kind of keeps that tucked away for later um just in case just in case yeah you know, like a smart person would do yeah yeah <laughs> uh sorry if it feels like if it feels like i'm rushing through this uh no no, no you're fine just, i we are we are kind of running a little bit yeah long, i figured but... we were going to but like the, the movie runs a little bit long i think, yes. I think the, the act two because act two stretches for so long i even wrote on here like the last note that i wrote is right at the end is like this movie is too long um and that's really my biggest complaint with it is that it just for me it just stretches it's two and a half hours long and it feels like three hours long. yeah i, I, know, I, think, I know what you mean I think there's a, I think that's a lot of pacing and editing issues primarily in the second act do that for me. Right. And like I said um, earlier, I think it came down to Ryan Johnson wanting to create a character sure. arc for each of these main characters and, sure. and have it meaningful. Um, I appreciate that, but there's like, there, there's a point where you got to trim some fat too. Yeah. I, think. No, I get it. Um, but yeah, so we have all that going on in, in kind of the background. I think that the main conflict of this section of the movie is between Ray Snoke and Kylo Ren. Um as it kind of should be. I mean it's kind of a really important part of this this film. Um and like you you get that that challenge from Snoke to Kylo to step up and you know eliminate Ray right there right then and there. 
And yeah. one is like again, this whole scene is outstanding, and I love every every everything that, about the scene. They set up set up everything so well. So like when after Ray like unsuccessfully goes for uh, Luke's lightsaber, uh, she goes and grabs Kylo's, and like once again, Snoke just kind of like tosses her away dismissively and you see the lightsaber slip from her hands and then spin around in front of kylo ren in front of him and like that's when he like you you see how that connects to how he got the idea for later and it's again it's just really good filmmaking (laughs) right it's really well done yeah Yeah. um and then we we see the uh the the big the big crushing reveal at the you know at the end here is is uh Snoke getting fucking cut in half. Kylo spinning the saber around. Dude, it's and f- so good. It's good. It's, it's so really good. good. Uh, like, and that was another thing that was like, people were like, well, who's going to be the bad guy? And you know what I mean? I'm like, dude, there's there's a thousand different directions you can go with that. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and I think this was huge. Like, it was really, really in the theater. You're like, oh shit. Yeah. I like. I remember, I remember you know, the first time I saw it because I I saw it like opening night, uh, like the first showing is available. Yeah. Um, and the whole crowd like like cheered when that happened. Yeah. Because I mean, yeah, it's it was a it was such a huge moment for Kylo Ren's character. Um, and especially since like, yeah, okay, getting into the, getting into this a little bit more. Yeah, the complaint is that no, we didn't really get to know who Snoke was before they killed doesn't him. Matter. Doesn't it matter. doesn't matter. It really doesn't. Like we don't matter. know anything. We don't know jack shit about the emperor and return of the jedi other than that he's the bad guy controlling darth vader right that yeah the only you, thing we know about him and nobody you cared you don't explore him until the prequels yeah like nobody oh. cared about that back then so like why oh, do we need to know where snoke came from and this like it, it's it's such a dumb argument in my opinion um, yeah i agree um and it doesn't matter. Just like, just like, and you know, like at this scene, we're also revealed the you know that Ray's parents don't matter. <laughs> oh yeah, that comes a little bit later, but yeah, for sure. Um, um, and you know, that's cool. Like yeah, that's cool. I love that. I love that. That kind of falls into. I was going to talk about this a little bit later. One of the the prevailing themes of of this movie as well. Um, and then it matter. It doesn't matter where you come from. You can still be yes. a hero. Somebody, uh, right? Yeah, yes. yeah. If not a hero, you can definitely you can still be somebody. Um, right. Which again, I want to talk about a little bit later for sure. Um, but yeah, and, and then, uh, yeah, like it just makes so much more sense for Kylo Ren's character too. Like you can see how fed up he is with Snoke, you know, from the first scene you see with them already, and it also makes sense too because like it it just feeds into what the Sith are all about. Like they're all yeah. about like, like once again, Star Wars nerd hat on. Um, there was a book that came out, um, before this movie came out, uh, it was, I think it was, I, I can't remember what the title was. I think it's just called the Sith Lords and yeah. it is a, it's a novel about Darth Vader and Emperor Palpatine getting stranded on a planet, uh, because there's a plot to assassinate the, the emperor and it's told from, it, it, I mean, it's, it's in third person, but you you kind of peek inside both vader and palpatine's you know heads mm-hmm. and it's the whole time like the whole time in that novel vader's looking for an opportunity to take the emperor out and then the emperor senses that he's like i know what you're thinking it's like the whole the whole idea of the sith is get enough powers so you can take out your take out your master your yeah. master and then you're the master 
Um, right. That's the whole idea with the Sith. So it makes perfect sense that you would want to kill Snoke when, when the opportunity arises. Um, and then after that happens, we get one of the coolest fight scenes of any movie. <laughs> I think of any movie, yeah. Star Wars or otherwise, uh, when Rey and, and Kylo are, are fighting the Praetorian Guard. Yeah. Uh, it's it's so well done, so well choreographed. Looks um, good. Yeah, yeah. You get the really cool moment of uh, like the the one vibrate blade smashing into the the red curtain in the back, and that's starting to burn down while this yeah. is happening, which is a cool visual moment because it looks cool, but also it represents the falling of Snoke's sure. regime, uh, which is again just a nice little layer tucked in there. Which again, it's just just good filmmaking, <laughs> and. Yeah, you get the really awesome fight scene. Uh, one moment, one note I, I took when I was watching this again that I kind of realized was uh, you kind of get another kind of peek at to where these characters end up later. Uh, yeah. In that Ray is fighting with rage and she's uncontrolled and just like screaming and yelling and stuff like that. And kylo is taking on like three of them at once and he's perfectly and he's, he's like perfectly yeah. calm and controlled the whole time which you know is is the uh it's kind of the behavior you expect from a jedi and not a sith yes uh which is really fascinating to me um but yeah the way that they they kind of work together to take out these guys is is really great um i yeah it's i don't know if you want to talk more about that scene i can, I can no, no no talk you're, you're all about it um, we get into the next part, which is basically like Kylo just revealing that, uh, the race parents are nobody, which is fucking cool. If you, yes. I wrote, it's fucking yes. cool and it works. Yes. If you all stop whining about it for a minute, seriously. Uh, um, I think that makes total sense. I think that's far more interesting than having them be, having her be like, uh, oh, she's Luke's daughter, you know, or she's Palpatine's daughter. Uh, uh. Yeah, why sure. would I, I can't imagine why anybody would do that? Yeah, God. Well, it, <sighs> and again, it, that just once again goes back to how much Ryan Johnson understands what Star Wars is actually about. Yes, you know the when when George Lucas originally wrote the script for the first Star Wars movie, he did not know that Luke Skywalker was Darth Vader's son. Yes. Um, that came later. <laughs> um, I don't think a lot of people know that that was something that he came up with after the fact um so originally it was just this this poor farm boy who came from nothing to well i mean you you knew that he was the son of anakin skywalker but we didn't know that he was darth vader anyway so you knew he was the son of a jedi but we didn't really know like he, he didn't have any training or anything like that so he comes from basically nothing to rise up and be the hero um and that's what star wars is about it's about nobody's overcoming where they came from and becoming somebody like that's that's why kids dream about like <laughs> that's why kids like playing with star wars action figures that's why kids you right know, take the 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 cardboard rolls out of a uh roll of wrapping paper and pretend they're lightsabers and stuff like that that's that's why people like star wars and right. ryan johnson gets that he understands that you know ray can be somebody even if she came from nothing right um, exactly Sorry, rant over. But anyway, <laughs> okay, yeah. um, the the only thing that I maybe don't like here is that you know they it's the lightsaber tug of war thing. Yeah, uh, um, it just, that came across. That's the only part of this that came across as silly. It's everything it's, else I like. See, I thought you would like that because you like anime. No, uh, I don't like anime. <laughs> I like I like Dragon Ball Z. 
it's a very um, anime moment though like especially when they like push apart from each other even further it's like <laughs> it's the, the, the it was so silly to me that it, it just was like that's silly, the, only, yeah. the only thing i don't like about this scene yeah but it, it's it, I, I think if you if it was by itself it would be more silly but it's it's all it's interspliced with the other conflict which is um when the first order finds out that these transport ships are, are on their way to the planet, yes. they're like picking them off one by one. And yep. you're seeing the resistance cut down even more, like with every ship that goes down, it's just like, there's even fewer people left. Um, so it's like juxtaposed, juxtaposed, wow. Juxtaposed. Yep. That one. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's intercut <laughs> with that. So you yes. feel the tension going on. And then sure. you get the tension between the two characters fighting over the lightsaber, which is, you know, its own the literal tug of war. Um, right. And then we get one of the coolest shots in uh, sci-fi history, I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, we get to see uh, Admiral Laura Dern <laughs> um, do the only cool thing that uh, her character does through the whole movie. Yeah. Um, but it's is, like the coolest thing <laughs> it is so cool it's like so, yeah. yeah we mentioned earlier how they do different stuff with the hyperspace in every yeah. movie and this is like i'm sure it's one of those things that a lot of star wars fans have thought about yeah but or maybe they never thought about it until this moment it's like oh yeah why don't they do that uh and it's when she hyperspaces her ship through snoke's command ship yeah just fucking splits it and you know, cuts the fleet in half. Yeah, basically. dude. And, Boom. and you mentioned it's one of the coolest shots. It looks so good. It looks so good. And then the 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 sound <laughs> that accompanies it, or the lack thereof, yeah, uh, the is so powerful. Yeah. Um, it's so well done. I re- again, watching that in the theater, you could hear a pin drop. Like, everyone yeah. was like, whoa, oh, what just shit. happened? It, yeah. is, it not only looked awesome, but it, it was just like, it was so arresting that that just happened. Yeah um yeah i love it it's super cool um super cool yeah and then you get like the the sound effect after the fact because it just it was going that fast it was just like so awesome um i'm actually gonna i'm gonna youtube it while we're cutting this because <laughs> <see> it <again. laughs> yeah it's it's the uh-huh. the coolest thing like there's a lot of cool things that happen in this movie it might be number one <laughs> yeah it's like that and then the praetorian guard fight like neck and neck um, it's super cool yeah um, yeah uh and then when that happens, obviously the uh, the command ship is is being like literally ripped apart. Um, you know, it, it at, at the same moment the Luke's lightsaber gets ripped in half as well, um, and it sends Ray and Kylo Ren flying to different sides of the room. They're knocked out, and then also we get the scene with uh, Finn and Rose. Um, forgot to mention this right before this happened. They're like being set to be executed right. uh, by. Um, Captain Phasma and her guards, but you know, of course, right before the axes come down over their, on their necks, literally, uh, the ship gets ripped apart and everything's scattered. Um, yeah, which then leads to you know a, a actually really good character moment for Finn, where he finally stands up to Captain Phasma. Uh, yes, and it, that's a, that's actually a pretty well choreographed fight as well. Yep. Would have been um, so much cooler if Captain Phasma. If it was a character was... we cared about. <laughs> yes, the least bit interesting from the yeah. previous movie. Yeah, but um, uh, yeah. And then uh, we also get some really awesome BB-8 action in this too. <laughs> Once again, oh yeah, he's he's so great in this movie. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah. <laughs> he hijacks a, a fucking ATSC yep. <laughs> and starts firing at him, which is just like, it's awesome. I don't know. I really enjoyed that part uh, a lot. And uh, you get to see that happen as well. Um, it's a little goofy, but I don't hate it. Um, no, yeah. I, I think it's it's the right amount of goofiness uh, for yeah, that type it, of scene. I, I don't, I don't like, like I said, there's, there's so many other spots where I can nitpick where they threw too much, like comic relief in, and I'm not going to nitpick that one. I think it would have been like goofier if they hadn't set it up earlier, how BB-8 has kind of a little bit of a mean streak. Like when he took out those guards by shooting the coins at them and then he, he helped uh, DJ steal the, the, the spaceship as well. (laughs) So like he already has a little bit of a mean streak that's been established, yeah. Um, so it makes sense that he would go that far to help his friends out, uh, which is great. And then you get the the moment where, you know, Phasma knocks Finn down the elevator shaft, which, you know, if you have no enough about Star Wars, you know, that's not a bottomless pit. That's just going to an elevator. So you, sure. can, you could kind of see what happened next. Uh, and then you, you get, you know, Finn with the, the hero shot, like he is <laughs> rising up on the elevator and yeah. I, I honestly love this moment. Like, he's like, I think he says like sup or something like that. It's like, yeah, right. <laughs> it's very not Star Wars, but it, I, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I feel like that was a, that was giant boy again, just like slipping through there and be like, sup. <laughs> and then like smacking her across the face with the, yeah, right. uh, the execution axe, which is yeah. a really cool shot. Um, the vibro axe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which is not a sex toy. Or no. is it? Or is it? Or, uh, <laughs> Yeah, but no, there goes Gwendolyn Christie. That's the end of Captain Faz. You get to see her left eye. Uh. Yeah, right. (laughs) Great cameo. Um, Yeah, yeah. And then then we get to the crescendo, right? Like, this is the big... um, This is is where the movie starts, like... And I like this stuff a lot, but it just... Like, at this point, like... Even in the theater, I remember going like, oh, my God, like, I get it. <laughs> you know so what I mean? So you mentioned earlier how there was a moment where you felt like the, the film should have ended. Would it have been like right before this? It would have been it would have been uh, the death of Snoke and uh, uh, Ray and Kylo staring each other down. OK, that would have, that would have been that would have been one point at which you could have cut the movie. Or what I think I would have preferred is if they trimmed a lot of the fat out of act two. Right, right. I think that is the better way to do it, because I don't I absolutely do not dislike the the uh, Kylo and Luke fight. Oh, yeah, it's um, great. It's really good. And I, I kind of want to see that still in the movie. I think cinematically, if you want to keep all that stuff on act two in, you should end the movie with kylo and ray and him holding his hand out to her and then like you either cut it there or you trim a bunch of the fat out of act two and i think all my big complaints with this movie would go away yeah uh, um but like by this point in the movie i was like i was watching it last night and it was like well like oh my god fucking come on <laughs> you know what i mean like it just it ends up feeling so long because because it, it's just and I think it's all just because of pacing in the second act. Yeah. Um, but also, uh, uh, like, how many times are they going to show the resistance with their backs against a wall? Yes. This is yes. like the, the sixth time this happens in this movie. And I, I get it right. for sure. Um, but yeah, like, and, again, and, it, it's it's really important. This part is really important for Poe's character arc to wrap up. 
It's also yes. really important for Finn's character development to wrap up as well. Yep. And um, Luke's for that matter. Oh well, yeah. Luke's is the biggest part of it. <laughs> I was getting to that. Um, so, you know, they, they get down to crate, uh, which is the abandoned rebel base. And once again, backs up against the wall, you know, they sure. arrive there. It's all outdated equipment. There aren't really any uh, fighting. There aren't, aren't any like fighters to speak of. Um, as far as like, there's no like X wings or anything like that. There, they have like right. these little like rinky dink uh, skiff like ships or whatever, um, and that's like the extent of the military craft they have there. And they're expected to to face down this, and it, it maybe it's it's maybe a little exaggerated. They have like these giant, you know, walkers there. Like they have like the the massive like plate armor on the the legs and things like that. They're so physically imposing. Um, and then they drop this giant battering ram cannon down there as well. Yeah. Uh, and it's just like, yeah, like the, the force is so overwhelmingly, you know, yeah. outmatched. We um, get it. <laughs> right. Right. But I mean, it, it, I think, it, I think it, yeah, it can be a little over like a little tiring or whatever, but it, it does a really good job. I think of just showing you what they're actually up against. Sure. Um, I think, uh, like, uh, okay, and I'm going to raise a... Uh, we're talking about Star Wars, so I, I like... It, oh, what? It, what? We are? Oh, what? Uh, no, uh, okay, so uh, Staklasa brought up a, a really good point in his uh, Star Wars prequel reviews, which we we're, we're gonna, I'm sure we're going to talk about again when we do the, the, the next review as well. Yeah. Um, there's, a sh- there's a shot at the beginning of A New Hope. It's the first shot. It's the 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 rebel ship being chased down by a star destroyer. Yeah, and it's perfect symbolism. Uh, rebels, tiny empire, big and imposing. Yep. Um, so like that's that's a Star Wars. Thing. Yes, that's a I great job of, of demonstrating that for sure. Right. It's 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 okay. It just it, I think it had like you said it, you, we see them with their backs to the wall a lot in this movie, and I think you kind of just got to edge it back a little bit. Well, I, I think it says a lot that their first inclination is not to run but to go right at them. Yeah. Um, right. For sure. You see these tiny little like ships that are literally falling apart. Uh, I love the moment where Post foot goes through one of the panels on the floor. Yeah, He's right. Like, what the hell? Like, <laughs> seriously, this is what we're dealing with. Um, and like, you have these little ships, just like, because it's all they get, and, and and they're gonna they're gonna fight down to the last moment. Um, which is, it, it's, it, I think it actually works pretty well in this movie. Um, and then so you you get the the moment where they're they're trying to take out the the giant battering ram cannon before they can blow the door open yeah and this gets to one of the other points of contention that people have with this movie and a lot of star wars fans ask me or 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 it's not not me directly i'm not like i'm that important but when talking about this movie a lot of star wars fans you know ask why didn't finn just you know why didn't finn die like why didn't he sacrifice himself yeah here um and Disney didn't want it. No, I think Ryan Johnson didn't want it. Um, mm. I, I oh, think, really? Yeah, so visually they set this up. Um, you see, like, he is all, he's ready to go. Like, he definitely wants to do this. He feels like he is, he's fully gotten to the point where he wants to, he sacrificed himself for the good of everyone else. Um, he's kind of come fully around on being 
from being selfish at the beginning of the movie of just wanting to find Ray to now he's ready to give himself for this rebellion. Um, but I argue it would be it would have been a meaningless sacrifice because that ship would have done fucking nothing to that nothing. character. Nothing. Right, yeah, nothing. And it would have yeah. it would have been sacrificed for no reason. Um even though Finn felt like he was in the right, it would have actually been pointless. Sure. Um, and this sets us up because like as he's on his way there, the ship is like starting to melt all around him. And you can see like the scale of it as well as like this little ship, this giant cannon, it's already getting torn apart. It would have done nothing. Sure. Um, and I think that's why, you know, they wanted to show that Finn had gotten to the point in his, his character development that he was willing to sacrifice himself for this resistance but he was he was maybe going about it the wrong way. Yeah. And then another thing that a lot of people hate about this movie is when Rose stops him from killing himself. Uh, I don't hate that. I think I think it's fine. Well, I, again, like you, that's because you're a rational person who understands how yes. film works. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. It, it works fine. But like a lot of people, are like it's just uh, a lot of people hate that scene because uh, no. like why did she kiss him? It doesn't make any sense. Like, no, it's fine. what do you mean she had like puppy dog guys for him every the first time she saw him like it's not that hard to wrap her head around right it's Um, fine it's it's fine it works just fine um again like there's so much of this where we could just spend like analyzing why why trying to figure out why people felt the way they did but you know like if you if you're watching it from a cinematic point of view and you're trying to break it down as an anal sis as we um as we are um it's fine it works cinematically stop stop nitpicking it and then it's like another good character moment for finn too is because he's like he the first thing he does after he, he crashes is he's like oh rose and i gotta go save her and then he pulls her from the wreckage and yeah. then he's like you know he's doing something for someone else again and it's it's the same character development but without this this useless sacrifice and i think it works sure. really well um and then that's when luke shows up yeah and we get to see the uh the showdown. Yeah. Um, yeah. So this the really great moment between Luke and Leia. Um, again, it would have been, it would have been a disservice if we didn't get to see uh, Mark Hamill and Carrie Fisher on yeah, you the have to. For, for one last time. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, so it's that nice. was a really great moment. Uh, he, he gives her the, the dice that were hanging in the Millennium Falcon. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's, it's a really good, good moment. Um, one other interesting thing here, uh, so the, the showdown between Luke and Kylo, uh, has a lot of visual tells to, to let the audience know that he's not actually there. Yeah. Right. Um, which I didn't pick up on the first time I saw it at all. Uh, he's younger. He's a bit younger for one. So he, he shows up to Kylo the way Kylo remembered him. Yes. So he looks the same as he did in, in the vision that they showed earlier. Um, right. And he's also wielding Anakin's lightsaber, which got destroyed mere hours earlier. Um, yes. So that should have been a, a immediate tell that something was amiss. But again, when the first time I saw it, I was so wrapped up in what was actually going on that uh, I, I I kind of looked past it until the second time I saw it. Um, but you get the 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 really the the big moment where like he shows up and he walks out there and. Kylo demands all the the guns to fire upon him, yeah. and, it's, and then it's, he dusts himself off. And... <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, right. Um, and so he goes down there to face him face to face, 
and uh it's it's such a, a great character moment for for both of those characters because kylo is completely unhinged at this moment oh yeah he, for sure he, he just killed his master uh he just you know let ray escape um and he's seeing luke skywalker for the first time and and who knows how many years and he's just completely unhinged and luke is luke is in complete control uh, right which is great and uh you know he says that everything you just said was wrong line again which is great yeah. good uh, callback good callback it's then, good movie good movie making just it, it's just a good filmmaking just uh yeah. good filmmaking just, all good old, just good old filmmaking yeah <laughs> Um, and then you get the, the fight between the two of them, which again, lightsabers don't touch, uh, <laughs> first time has ever happened in a Star Wars movie where no lightsabers cross each other. Yeah. Um, and like you can, he's like intentionally dodging him and moving around him and stuff like that and moving in a manner, uh, that probably should have been a, a telltale sign. It's like, this is not the same Luke because, uh, yeah. he's doing like the matrix bend back and flipping around shall- and stuff. Shout that, but that's good. That's like a takedown of of like all the prequel Shaolin monk bullshit, right? Right. He dislikes. Yeah, and um, and again, I think it was, I think it was Luke purposefully showing Kylo the Luke that he remembered or that he yeah. he had an image of in his mind. That he thinks he remembers. Yes, yeah. exactly. Um, and and one of the other visual tells of you know that he's not actually there is so again create. It's a the surface of the planet is is like, like a red crystal, um, yeah. but it's covered in salt. Um, so you you see very early on the character would step out there and you can see the 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 footprints left behind. Uh, you know, it exposes the red crystal underneath, and you also see this earlier in the showdown where you know Kylo kind of digs his heels in a little bit and he you know moves the the, the salt aside. You can see the crystal of the, the earth underneath. Um, but every step that Luke takes doesn't leave a mark. Nothing. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, which again, I didn't notice until the second time I saw the movie, but they actually kind of draw your attention to it. At one point you yes. see his feet, like, like it actually shows his feet slide across the ground and there's no, no residue, which again, I I'm, I'm kind of embarrassed. I didn't catch it the first time, but um, the second no, time it, I, I realized it, it. I remember it taking me a second in the theater the first time I saw it, but yeah, it's definitely there. Like they definitely draw your attention. Yeah. To it. Yeah. Uh, which again, good filmmaking. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, Imagine a movie where it sets up elements of the plot and story <laughs> before they happen in a way that right. the audience can feel smart because they they caught it. Again, imagine, it's sort of, imagine it's sort a movie of like, like that. It's sort of like poetry. It's like they rhyme. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. But uh, anyway, yeah. So they do a really good job of of kind of cluing you into what's happening before the reveal, and. Uh, yeah, and then you get the the moment where Luke kind of reveals that he's not actually there, and uh, it Kylo has to deal with that, and yeah, has to deal with the fact that Luke was just being a distraction so the Resistance could could get away. Escape, yeah. Um, and you know, you get the the moment where Luke actually sacrificed himself for this. Like, it, yeah. it's it, it, I think the juxtaposition between Finn's attempted sacrifice it would have been ultimately meaningless and then this actual sacrifice which let the resistance escape and i think it's on. a really smart filmmaking decision as yeah, well. I agree. I agree. um 
And again, like, you had a lot of people complaining, like, how, why did Luke die from that? That's so stupid. I can't, like, he's so powerful. Like, it makes no sense. It's like, oh. all right, so this is, this is the guy who cut himself off from the Force for years. Yeah. Okay, so he, 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 he hasn't used the Force in a long time. And no matter how powerful he is, he, he made the intentional decision to cut himself off. Yeah. Then attempting some, a, a feat that is extremely taxing. Once again, they set this up at the earlier part of the movie where they talk about how, you know, Kylo just realizes that Rey's not doing the Force connection thing between them because the effort alone would kill her. Yeah. Once again, he is projecting his, the image of himself, you know, light years away to a planet that's presumably on the other side of the galaxy. I don't know. They don't really right. explain where it is in relation to each other, but really far away. Really far away, right. And not just to one person, because everyone in the resistance can see him. Everyone on the First Order can see him. So he's doing this not just for Kylo, but for everyone there everyone. to see. Sure. Um, no, I, I don't have a problem with that at all. It makes perfect once sense. Once again, I know you don't because you're an <laughs> intelligent movie-going yeah. person, but this is, a com- this is a complaint that I have heard from Star Wars fans uh, complaining why Luke died in this movie. And I'm like, no, it makes sense. What's wrong with you? It's um, total sense. I'm yeah, totally so fine with it. This is, Plus, not, even, this is not for your benefit. This is for <laughs> those who are listening to that don't like pay attention. Even if um, it didn't make scientific sense, it still makes sense cinematically. So just like, it's fine. Yes. <laughs> you know like, what I mean? Like, I was also bummed out that Luke died. Let's yeah, not of get course. it twisted. I love Luke Skywalker. He's an awesome sure. character. And when he died, it 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 felt terrible. Yeah, um, but it makes sense. That's yes, fine. It makes sense. You're supposed to feel that that way when a character you like dies. Right. But he did it as a sacrifice. It was like the last heroic moment he had. Sure. Finally stepping up to the plate and saving the resistance like he was asked to at the beginning of the movie. Sure. Um so yeah, it's a great character moment for Luke. It makes perfect sense. And then you get the the fucking two sons at the end. It's just like, oh my god, like <laughs> it's such a it's such a cool moment. And uh yeah, they, I think they really nailed it. And yeah, it bums me out that Luke died in this movie. But Yeah, of course. If but... he was gonna do it, it would be in an amazing heroic way that would save a save the resistance and keep them going strong. And it was also really badass because he like basically was just toying for Kylo with with Kylo Ren for five minutes, and it was great. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so then you see the resistance. They they find the exit of the the base there. Um, it's a collapsed cliff, and then Ray gets her big moment, and it's again a really funny callback to earlier uh, where she thinks the Force is all about moving rocks, and she literally has to move rocks to save the resistance. Uh, which is again a fun callback moment, uh, which is also a meaningful character moment, and again, good filmmaking. Yeah, um, good filmmaking. Uh, I, I really, and that's the thing is, like, I think th- I said before, there's there's two ways you could recut this movie to take away what what my complaints would be, and what I think a lot of like like film fans' complaints would be. And one of them is to trim that fat out of the second half, and the sure. other the other is to cut it like in the throne room with with Kylo and Rey. And I like all the stuff that comes after that. So I think if yeah. I was going to try and and like fix quote unquote fix this movie, I would I would just chop some of the shit out of the second half and and you know re reorder it. Yeah, just uh, streamline um, a little bit, it, you know. 
streamline it. Yeah, yeah. just cut it down. Um, but aside from that, I mean, I think we're we're like pretty much to the point of this podcast uh, here, um, or at least this episode, which which yeah. is the like of of the three sequels. I think you and I are both pretty much in agreement that this is not only the strongest, um, but like in the entire Star Wars saga, like of films, it's one of the more interesting movies. Oh yeah. I, I mean, once again, when it comes to being an interesting movie, this does so many things that are challenging the idea of what a Star Wars movie is. And I think doing it successfully. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I, um, I agree. percent. I think cinematically, it's a really interesting movie. Um, I think I do agree with your estimation that like, you, okay, you're measuring, you measure all, all three trilogies up by like the, the ones, the, like the first one. Right. Yeah. So like, this is, whereas like attack of the clones is nowhere near. It's not, it's not, it's oh, not God. empire. No, it's, it's, definitely it's not, not it's, it's not. Um, oh. This this is the strongest. This is definitely the yeah. strongest. Yeah. Um, this this is this is the closest to Empire that they could have gotten. Um, I don't think it's perfect. I don't think I don't think I I put it on the same pedestal as I would put A New Hope or or Empire Strikes Back. No, and like I said, it, that's why it's in third place for me. And, it, and I think sure. if it was edited better, it probably could have overtaken A New Hope, which I know is blasphemy and slander, but. Uh, no, I think I think I think it at least could have been like put in on the same Mount Rushmore. Yeah, because um, again, like you think about, I, I think when you when you think about this movie, you think about the moments that are are amazing. And once yes. again, this this movie has some of the best Star Wars moments of the yes. whole series. I agree. Um, I agree. That's not a hyperbole. <laughs> like it's no. it's so it's like the the highs are so incredibly high. Yes that the the few lows that are there are rendered, you know, unimportant. Doesn't matter. Um, yeah, it, doesn't, it, doesn't it, matter. The only thing that hurts this movie is that A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back are so consistently good all the way through. Yes. Uh, that that's the only thing that I could put make those movies stand above this one. But yeah, again, if, if, like... If that's the yardstick that you're measuring, <laughs> right. all yeah. of these, by, there's no way. Like, yeah, we kind of said that in the last review as well, so... Yeah, you can't... <laughs> not a fair comparison because they just they it was like light, bottled lightning you know they just they they nailed it so well right right um and, and but yeah, again, it's it's the hardest part about watching this again was knowing what happens to rise of skywalker and seeing yeah. how it ignores a lot of the things that set this set this up so we will definitely talk so about that we'll definitely talk about that at some point um i think there's a we're we're almost to the, the length of the movie for this podcast. Yeah, I think so I, I think it just speaks to how much there is to talk about for this movie. Sure. But, yeah. um, I do want to so say, good. I do want to say a couple more things just quickly. Um, I kind of mentioned a little bit earlier, but uh, I think my favorite thing about this movie is that it has a lot to say about, yes. you know, and it has a lot of lessons you can learn from it. So uh, once again, I love that they set up that, that Ray, had come from nowhere and that anybody can be a hero. And then they like, again, the last shot of this movie is just repeating that idea. Again, when you see those, those slave kids on Canto bite, um, you know, telling a story about Luke Skywalker. And then the, the, the kid like goes and he force pulls the broom to him uh, at the end. And like, it's again, it's, it's 
anybody can be a hero. The force can be within anyone. That's the 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 message of this movie, um, and that's why I love it because it, it it is it's that it's setting up that idea again. Um, so you know that that's that's one of the things I like a lot about this movie is it sets up that idea again. And we already talked about how you know failure is the best teacher. I think yes. those those two themes are what this movie is all about. And I think that's one of the reasons why it resonates so strongly with me because it has something to say. And it, like, you can watch this movie and you can use the stuff that this movie is saying to improve your own life. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think <laughs> that's the, the benefit of a really good movie. It's like, if you can learn something from it and then apply that to your own life, like that's a really powerful thing. And you know, that's, that's what art should be, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, and like I said before, you know, remember it's a kid's movie. It's supposed to have a, a lesson. It's supposed to have a moral. Yeah. Uh, and it's sort of like, not and, that and the fourth. And if a, uh, you know, a 20, what, how old would I have been at the time? I would have been 28. If a 28 year old Dan can learn lessons from this movie and feel like a sure. kid again, Absolutely. <laughs> you know, um, it's, it's, it means a lot. I think it really was, was well done. I think I think it's an infinitely interesting movie, and I think it's it's certainly more interesting than the the other two that bookend it. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, and I and I don't hate the Force Awakens. I think it's fine. No, yeah, we talked uh, about that last time. <laughs> yeah, this 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 like the Force Awakens is fine. This movie is good. The, I think you know this what movie I mean? Is great. Uh, I think like that's the distinction. I, I think it, this movie is actually great but yeah. see i think it, i think it would be like i would i would take it up to that level if 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 it was just if there was just some some snips done yeah um, um but I, I i do agree with you that i think it's at least the oh no snips of, is a oh. character from a different section of Star Wars. <laughs> admiral snips uh no I, I, that's uh anakin skywalker's nickname for ahsoka tano <laughs> in the clone wars tv show and i'm yeah, not uh, making that up is it really? Yep. He calls her snips. Wow. Yep. Really? Yeah. Oh, sure. Okay. <laughs> Good old snippy. Uh, but yeah, so uh, I could I could easily talk about this for another two and a half hours, but oh, for sure. I'm sure for if sure. you're listening, if you're still listening at this point, thank you again for listening so much. Yes. Um, yeah, for our, for our dumb analysis. Right. We're we're uh, <laughs> we're definitely running up the, the time on this. Um, yeah. I, I but just, I get. As far as uh, does this movie stand alone on its own? No, <laughs> it's a direct continuation of the previous movie. No, it's absolutely, uh, yeah, it, absolutely. Li- it literally picks up like 15 minutes after the other one ends. So, right, does not stand alone as on on its own. Um, but it is no worse for that, and I think it's a really great movie. And yeah, I agree. It's, it's, it's an example of how you can do something really creative with a very well known and established property and have it work still. Even if the majority of the audience hates it, hates it right? <laughs> so, it's good um, to show contempt for your audience. Absolutely, yeah. Um, but let us know if you agree or disagree with us. Um, yes. Tweeted us at Twitter at uh, Sequelize This on Twitter. Uh, send us an email, sequelizes at gmail dot um, Do you have anything else to say, Chris? No. Uh, aside from, I guess we'll be back next week with uh, Godfather Two. Yes. Uh, We'll actually do it this time. We promise. We'll actually do it this time. No excuses. Uh, We're actually going to do it. So, um, yeah, hopefully you enjoyed this, our little detour into the Star Wars universe. And we will definitely get back to uh, watching Rise of Skywalker, I'm sure, after we get to to Godfather Part 2. But uh, until next time, uh, thanks again for listening. And I hope you enjoy the rest of your day 
or night or whatever time you're listening to this at or whenever uh, yeah yeah whenever yeah and uh yeah see you see you next time till next time bye bye